3: I believe there's an old saying of a um a honeymoon glow i i see a graduation glow in the face of jake query on this thursday morning beaming i was hoping you'd have diploma in hand or tap i just i thought you might wear the cap and oh, gown well,
4: you know what i do have the cap in here it's it, honestly it's in my bag because Wait,
3: I, we're we gonna need the cap on your head
4: okay we will um,
3: tassel still on there
4: tassel is still on it i and that tassel was annoying as hell i you know um blowing in the wind On the way home, Kevin, here I am driving on my way home yesterday, and kudos and credit because their ceremony was not long. It was like 90 minutes. It was great. So I'm driving home, down 31, and all of a sudden... Stop at Lisa's Pie Shop? Close. uh, Stopped on the side of the road because of a Toyota Tundra State Police Vehicle. Oh, no. I, I, I look up and I see like a. I thought it was like maybe the DNR or something because it was a pickup truck that suddenly had lights, blue and red lights strobing. So I pull over. Police officer comes up to the passenger passenger side, which surprised me. <coughs> Excuse me, and boy, this is juicy. So I roll the window down, and he says, "Hey, how are you?" And I said, "Good, man." And I said. That shows you how long it's been since I've had a ticket, because, and I understand why they go to the passenger side. It's obviously much safer. And he says, do you know what the speed limit is here? And I said, well, I think it's 65. And he said, well, it's 60. And I said, okay. And he said, did you not, so you didn't know it was 60? I said, I didn't know it was 60, and I didn't know you're a cop. Because you're, you're in a pickup truck. And it was. he goes, you didn't see me in the medium? I said, yeah, I saw you. I just didn't know you were a state trooper. So he says, well, go ahead and give me your license. Is it clean? I said, yeah, my license is clean.
3: How fast were you going?
4: Are you ready for this? What would you consider in a 60 zone, what would you consider to be an acceptable rate to merit, in fact, getting a citation?
3: Yeah, I think you're good 72 and under. Yeah,
5: I'd say about that. 70.
3: Gosh, I mean, when you get into the next decade of digits, I I, I guess I'm not familiar, the next 10s, right? then it is a hair dicey, but I think the lowest over I've been pulled over for, I want to say was 77 and a 65, so I always think 12 and under is okay. But got, man, and it's not even the end of the month, or
4: is that a myth? Right, yeah, I don't know. I got a 49 and a 45 when I was like 25 years Whoa, old. What? But at that time, I had like college stickers all over my car, and I had like three outstanding tickets. I mean, it was...
3: You told the cop, do you know who I am? It, yeah. It I was got pulled a, over for a
5: 38 and a 35 one time, but I got a warning.
4: My God, where are you guys driving? I mean, I think, it, I think there is an age bracket that if you're in, there's a lifetime achievement award that goes with it. And they're like, wait a minute, you've had five tickets in however long. I mean, I used to have a terrible driving record, just speeding tickets. But So did you get a ticket? Yeah, 70 wow. to 60. Cap and gown still on? I so mean, then, any sort of? Did you try? The cap and gown was sitting in the passenger seat. No. He he said to me, I said, look, man, I, I can offer you a thousand excuses if you want, but I was going 70 to 60. I mean, I'm not going to deny it. Yeah. I was just going, quite frankly, with the flow of traffic. Were you in the fast lane? No, I was in the right lane, actually. Mm uh but at any rate so that was then i met my parents for lunch and i told my dad dad i know you think that i'm a matured individual now because i finally finished my college education but guess what old habits die hard i got a speeding ticket on the way home uh but it was a fun day yesterday
5: good morning to you on a thursday jake query along with kevin bowen mark dyke here as well did he give you the i'm not mad i'm just disappointed speech (laughs) at dinner at lunch (coughs) that's exactly what he said mark
4: your mother and i aren't mad that you were
5: speeding jake we just
3: beaming expect- from what happened earlier in we the just day so jake better was
4: good yeah um but that extra glow is not actually the graduation kevin it's the beautiful sunshine out on a perfectly promising day i mean it was it was rolled down the windows on the way in kind of morning
3: yeah it's been outstanding all week long i'm sure your drive up there yesterday was great oh and it was a beautiful day yesterday Right now, as we look ahead to Friday and Saturday with the Grand Prix, Qualls tomorrow, late in the afternoon, right? Like a 4 o'clock green flag for Qualls? Is that right? Correct.
4: Let uh, me uh, let me get the exact schedule here.
3: And then Saturday, I think it's a 3.30, 3.45 green flag right in there. It's about a 50% chance of rain over at IMS. Uh, again, this is on the road course. So, Jake, they would not only run the race in rain, I'd assume Qualls would be run in rain. Correct.
4: So long as there is not excessive standing water.
3: Okay. So, uh, keep an eye on that. Again, temperatures look great, and I by no means does it seem like it's going to be a total washout either of the days. Uh, maybe a slight
4: qualifying at four o'clock. You're correct.
3: Okay, so calls tomorrow at at four. Um, again, maybe a little bit more of a chance on Friday than Saturday, but certainly keep an eye on that, and we will keep you up to date on all of that. Uh, give us a little bit more rundown on yesterday speaker um how big was the graduating class everything
4: so the i think they had about there were like 600 people i don't know i mean that's not to say that everyone's names were read. uh it was interesting because so i got there i know this will stun you i got there kind of late and they already had everybody lined up and they walked me back and they're like, Okay, and and you have a, a small I I mean, obviously I'd never gone through this. I don't know how it was when you guys graduated, but you're given like basically a an index card with your name on it and a oh, uh, what's the thing that you scan? A QR, QR code? Yeah. Oh, wow,
3: jeez.
5: Wow, that's changed. That is modern. So it's
4: got a, a QR code on it. And the guy comes around and asks, asks specifically how to say your name. And you can write on the card your phonetic pronunciation oh, of your wow. name. Um, so at any rate, then you, so you wait in this line for a while. Uh, I had a lot of the people around me were people like me, you know, who were adults that had gone back. I had a woman, too, behind me that was a few years older than I that had, like, a family of five. The woman, three in front of me, was just like me. She had gone to IU Bloomington in the early 90s, um, gotten married and moved to Maryland, decided to finish, and so she was saying like, I, she's like, yeah, when I decided to do it online, that portaled me through the Kokomo satellite office. I'm like, that's the exact same as me. I had never been, um, exact same as I, actually, is that right? know me so at any rate i had never been really to the iu kokomo campus it's a pretty camp i mean it's nice i Uh was like wow this is like a legit mostly commuter i mean they don't have residential there but the student before me immediately so immediately sitting to my left and immediately to my right were both organic four-year you know 22 year old Mm -hmm. i'll say kids young adults
3: bill quagmire or something like that (laughs) The,
4: the the guy to my left uh ezekiel was his name was a military veteran that so I guess he was maybe a little older, because I think he did the GI Bill. But he was graduating um, in like marketing. The girl to my right, Corinne Perkins was her name, from Oak Hill High School. Uh, she had a 4.0 in college, Ooh. which I thought was really impressive. Really nice girl.
3: I lost to a kid from Oak Hill one time at a match play event. I still not over it. Tyler Keith. Mm, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of by Marion, right?
4: Correct. It's in Converse, Indiana. God. um so anyway so then the speaker literally kevin this was the beauty of it the president of indiana university kind of emceed everything brought up the chancellor of indiana university kokomo he had every each individual school stand up and sit down and then they handed it over to the person who reads the names and literally we like you know they, they did it the procession of names the one the keynote speaker was a fellow graduate who was a pretty inspiring story. Her father died when she was little. Her mother had cancer during her high school years. She took care of her mother, helped, you know, and still finished school. Uh, very uh, great speakers. I spoke for 10 minutes. The whole thing was 90 minutes long. We were in and out of there in 90 minutes. Boom. Yeah, which is a way to do it, right? Nice. Efficient? Um, it was efficient for sure. My mom cried. Um,
3: Did you get emotional? I, I asked you that yesterday on the drive up. Um, you know, I didn't
4: until... At the very end, when you turn over your tassel and then they play the alma mater song, which I mean, I've heard a thousand times in my life. But I didn't, I wouldn't say emotional, but just kind of like, oh my gosh, I like get really. The thing that's really weird, Kevin, is that you work so hard to make sure that you get like the best grade that you can get and everything else. And then it's not like the old days where like you get a report card in the mail or h- however. So, what I'm saying is. I I I think I got the grades that, like, I looked at on my little online thing on the last day that I was taking that class, but you don't really get anything to verify that, and, like, you're just kind of done. And it's kind of like, wait, it's over. Like, I don't have any more assignments to do. So that part is just very surreal mm-hmm. because it's becoming – I'm a very, like – I know you guys aren't going to believe this, but I'm a very, like, each day, like, regimented kind of guy. And so that became part of my regiment. So now that that's gone, it's like, I'm like Forrest Gump in the desert. Like, wait, now what? So emotional, I wouldn't say that. I will, you know, I'll tell you where I got emotional. Honestly, where I got emotional was I was driving home. And I mean, I shouldn't say that. I was looking at my phone. (laughs) That's right. That's (laughs) right. Back to reality, Jake. (laughs) That's right. No, um, you know, I'd have to go back and look to see who it was that sent it. But I got a tweet from someone that said, "Your story and sharing it inspired my wife to go back to school after 22 years, and she is currently finishing." And somebody else sent me a thing that said, "I have to admit, when I heard you talking about it, I decided a year ago at the age of forty-seven to go back to school, and I will graduate in the fall." And those two things, quite frankly, I mean, they didn't make me break down and cry, sure, but that that meant something to me. That was powerful to me, um, as it should be. So, yeah that that was that was pretty special. But then, you know, and it was a perfect day. It was a beautiful day yesterday. I still had stuff I, I had to do came in here last night to be on the bricks. Um Shannon and I went to dinner last night at Roots and I got I'll tell you what their their impossible smash burger is. Oh, right down Benford. Outstanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was great. How um, much popcorn did you have? <laughs> did not eat any popcorn. I should have right? I was kind of in a hurry because I had to get in here and do beyond the bricks, but um but it was a fun day and I appreciate you guys let me play hooky. Oh, of course. Cool.
3: Well, yeah, and honestly, it was an excuse for us to drink a PBR. That's right. I, I was proud of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, without question. <laughs> uh, and I do find it fitting that this all occurred in the month of May. You know, obviously, yeah. graduations are in May, but at least college graduations mostly are. But for you and what this month has meant to you in your life, uh, pretty darn cool. So we are happy for Jake. And today on the show, uh, we'll have Matt Taylor on in the 9 o'clock hour, dusting off the passport off to Germany. Uh, we'll chat with him. Coming up, we're actually going to have Bernard Ryman on the show tomorrow. Oh, that's cool. Um, So, Austrian, native, just a wild story in the fact that, you know, he was an exchange student in Michigan for high school, you know, played at um, Central Michigan. You, you throw COVID in there. Um, this kid was absolutely beaming yesterday in talking about the Colts playing over in Germany Um, I believe his father is the only member of his family that has seen him play in person in the last seven years. He said the last time his entire family watched him play football, he was catching a touchdown pass as a wide receiver in the Austrian National Championship for the Vienna Vikings. And now here he is with his whole family in attendance coming up in November when the Colts are over. In Germany. So we'll chat more about the game in Frankfurt, get Jake's thoughts on that. I did see that, and this will trickle out throughout the morning. We have an opening game for the NFL season, September 7th, obviously a Thursday night. Jake, we know the Chiefs will be one team as a defending Super Bowl champ. Uh, You care to guess the opponent for them? So the Chiefs... This is which game again? The opener. So the opener again, okay. Thursday night, per usual. You got the defending Super Bowl champs. Will be Kansas City. They'll get their you know, rings you, and the banner. I don't know
5: the answer to this, so I'm going to give you three guesses. If you gave me 20 guesses, I wouldn't have guessed this one. Really? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, there, Mark's kind of peeling behind the curtain. There, so there's with that no, one.
5: there's no like plausible explanation for it. I mean, you could see it, but to be the first game of the season, it's like, oh, interesting. I don't know if I go 20, Mark. Allow me to ask this question.
4: Is it a conference foe? Is it a conference Mm -hmm. game? You said no? No. The Dallas Cowboys. It's not the
3: Cowboys. Um, hold
4: on. The... Was it a playoff team this past season? It was not. L.A. Rams.
3: Not the Rams, but that's a, a... They have a strong tie there from their quarterback position, which probably gives it away. Uh, It's a team that's been, I think, talked about, though, a decent amount in the last year or so. Uh, The joint practice participant last year at Grand Park, it will be the Detroit Lions. Really? Uh Uh-huh. I do think they are, especially in the NFC, they are the team that like everyone's projecting as the... The sexy it team, right? Each year, four new teams make the playoffs. Who will be one of the new teams? I do feel like the Lions. Given no Aaron Rodgers in the AFC North, that division seems a little bit more up for grabs. Um, It will be the Chiefs and the Lions. So I'm trying to think back to yesterday, Mark, some of the games we know. The Black Friday game, Jets-Dolphins, right? Yep. Um, You mentioned, uh, was it Bengals and Chiefs on New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve? Eve, yep. And then Christmas Day, you've got Giants-Eagles. I did see yesterday, maybe late last night, it was announced that you'll get an NFC title rematch in December. That'll be 49ers and uh, Eagles. Mm -hmm. So we are going to get some more games announced. Now, typically, it's like the morning shows, Jake, announce their prominent games. You know, CBS's morning show and NBC's morning show and all of that. Um, I would venture to guess the Colts will not be among those. Uh, But nonetheless, I know we asked you about it. And we can get more into it throughout the show, but just your brief thoughts on uh, the Colts in Frankfurt.
4: I I think the Colts in Frankfurt is really cool. My understanding is, and and I don't know if this was hearsay or if this, because I was a little off the grid yesterday, I will admit, but have they said, because I know you guys said it's a smaller stadium in Frankfurt where they will be playing the New England Patriots uh, on November 12th. Was there kind of an assumption that that would limit the number of tickets that the Colts fans would be able to get?
3: Um, yeah, I, I am under the pressure it's going to be a pretty small amount. Um, Mark, h- how big was Wembley? I remember we we looked up 90, yesterday. Right?
5: Like, yeah, 90,000.
3: So when the Colts played in Wembley in 2016, they got, if I'm not mistaken, they got 1,000 tickets to use and 1,000 to sell. And that was out of a 90,000-seat stadium. Uh, now, that wasn't their home game, and it's not their home game this time. Um, so, it's a 48,000-seat stadium in Frankfurt. So, I mean, about half. Right. Um, so, I would guess they're not getting 1,000 to use or 1,000 to sell. But I, the expectation is they will get some sort of allotment. We'll see how much and how that gets divvied up. Uh, you know, I just kind of set it off the cuff yesterday of like, you know, Jake... I venture to guess, maybe it's not this way now in 2023, but in the year 2000, if you're going to take a poll of European NBA fans, I would guess the Chicago Bulls would have been the team that most people are the fan of. I would have guessed 10 years ago, maybe less than 10 years ago, the New England Patriots would have a pretty large fan base over there, given how good they've been. And someone that lives in Germany reached out and said, yes, there are a lot of Patriot fans over here. He also said there's a lot of Colt. Fans there, obviously Bjorn Werner maybe would have had some sort of impression on that. Certainly Andrew Luck, um, you know, I, I find it fitting, Jake, that it's Frankfurt. What was Oliver Luck's, you know, first kind right. of big job, A GM of the Frankfurt Galaxy? Andrew Luck has talked about growing up and, and his favorite player being one of the Frankfurt wideouts and all of that. So the Colts do have some connections over there. But to your question. Uh, to be determined, to be announced, I guess, um, how many tickets the Colts will get. But I am under the pressure they will get some allotment. But given it's a 48,000-seat stadium, and given the fact that this is still new to Frankfurt. You and know, when the Colts played in London, that was year, what, 10 of them, of the NFL going right. overseas. This will be just the second-ever game in Frankfurt. The first game will be the week prior when the Dolphins and Chiefs play. To
4: incorporate a factoid about it, or a tidbit, relating to the month of May... You know, Alexander Rossi, who is an IndyCar driver and won the 100th Indy 500, he is a native of California. His favorite team is the New England Patriots. And I'm like, how are you a Patriots fan? You made your name professionally in the city of Indianapolis. You grew up on the West Coast. That doesn't shock me with him. <laughs> and he said, oh, it's the answer is simple. When I was 18, I moved to Europe. To begin racing, you know, trying to, to to cut my teeth in the latter series of Formula One, and the New England Patriots were the team that was shown every Sunday. That's who they watched. That's who was shown in. I think he was living in London at the time, and the Patriots were because they it was the dynasty era of the Patriots. So that's who the European networks picked up and aired. And he's like, so I became Patriots fan because I had to, that's mm-hmm. the team that I could watch. So that that probably has something to do with all of that. I heard you guys yesterday mention this. And I didn't know if this was conjecture or if you had heard this, Kevin, uh, in terms of when the bye week would be, or were you kind of basing that based on when they would be going to Europe?
3: Yeah, it, it was just us conjecture, I guess. You know, when you think back to 2016, the Colts played in London in week four. They didn't want to have their bye week that early in the year. Typically, the NFL says to the international games, all right, you guys can kind of pick where you want your bye week because you know it is a bit strenuous travel-wise. Um, you know, Chuck Pagano, Ryan Gregson, back then, they did not want to have such an early bye week. So they came back and played the Bears the very next week, uh, flew home just that, that Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and they actually beat the Bears the very next week and then had their bye, I think it was week 10 or week 11 that season. I would guess, and again, this is me guessing, that based off the game being week 10, you know, having your bye week right after that, week 11, mid November bye, that's kind of natural. And isn't that out of the norm? So we'll find out again tonight. Eight o'clock is when the schedule will get officially released on the bye week for the Colts. Um, I do think something to kind of keep in mind with the bye, you know, often, well, I shouldn't say oftentimes, but I think there's been moments throughout, frankly, NFL history where teams look at their bye week and they kind of position a quarterback change around their bye week. They kind of view it as a chance to pause, a chance to restart, et cetera, et cetera. So if the Colts had that sort of thinking with Anthony Richardson, that would obviously be pretty late in the year to turn the keys over to him. So um, that'll be something, I think, just to just to watch for tonight. But um, we'll talk more about this. Again, Bernard Ryman's going to join us coming up at 8.30 tomorrow to talk about um, the game pretty close to his homeland.
4: Uh, hey, Jake, I'm a season ticket holder. I talked to my rep yesterday that they will not be getting any players other than for tickets, and I'm told 600 tickets is what the organization will get.
3: So 600 versus 1,000 they got for Wembley.
4: Well, and that's 600, I think, for internally, as opposed to 600 to the to, the m- to max. General- I, I could be wrong in that, but either way, it's negligible, right? I,
5: yeah
3: you know. It's going to be a small amount. I think that's the biggest drawback, is it again, it's 48000 You know, we had um, Neil tweet at the show yesterday talking about how Frankfurt is the financial center for Europe. It's a big banking city. So it almost seems like the NFL has a bit of a corporate appeal to this, versus the game in Munich last year was at a bigger stadium. That was the first game in Germany. Much bigger stadium, but maybe not tapping into as much corporate-wise as this one. M- Mark, will. did
4: you... Uh did you find Hans this morning, the guy that yesterday was giving updates on what we had coming up at the top of the hour? <laughs> <laughs> I Was that a guy that you hired? Like, we got the weather for,
1: on, the Mark, Mark on the nines. Mark just froze there. You could tell Mark wasn't totally ready for that one. <laughs> Venus
5: schnitzel's recipes coming up at the top of the hour. Oh, no, that's that's more Dutch Thank now. It, it's got a little Borat feel yeah. to it, Mark. Very
4: nice. With that.
3: Uh-huh. We're just going to
4: run around high-fiving everybody yeah.
3: instead of the nines. Uh, the Knicks and the Warriors extend their respective seasons at home last night. It maybe has happened very recently, but I do think it's, I enjoy it. Um, We've got all four semifinals here in the NBA have reached a game six. I, I don't think that's typically the norm.
4: Is, did Golden State last night take it back?
3: Uh, I think that's Can a little premature now the something? Anthony Davis injury late will obviously be something to keep an eye on I know darvin Ham said he was doing fine afterwards but anytime you get hit in the face like that and I believe their game is Saturday I, it's not like they would get a long actually I think it's Friday um it's not like he's gonna get a long break so you know is it a concussion what what is it um, that I think is something to monitor hang on let me Oh, you got your um,
4: uh, whatever. What do you call thing. that a nice scarf? Yeah, I don't know what these. Are. I mean, yeah, it kept flying off of me. It was very annoying. Great material. Yeah, it just looks like a 1970s tie, right? Shines in the wind. This one here. Let's see. This goes. Which side is the boy? Do you go left to right or right to left? I think you go right to left because the. So hold on. Here we go.
3: Well, maybe that was your issue in changing lanes yesterday and getting right. pulled over. I had it on the wrong side. There we go. The I YouTube kept, audience getting a great look. I mean, what an awkward hat. It is weird,
4: isn't it? Well, you, there's no way to Oh, boy, the headphones on? Yeah, I gotta try to... There we go. Be a, this is a disaster. Do the colors do,
3: indicate it, anything?
4: Yes. As a matter of fact, they gave me the wrong colored tassel. Um, it has to do with what school you gra- from which you graduate. The, That's right. The gold means the School of Sciences. Uh, they gave me a white one originally. The one that I got in the mail was white. And I showed up, and I'm like, uh, everybody else has a gold one on I have white. And like, oh, yeah, white is... And I was like, well, which one's more prominent? Because I'll just keep the white one if it's more prominent. Oh, sure, yeah. But I would have been, I would have looked like a fish out of water, I guess.
3: Did the cop like congratulate you at all on the cap and gown? I don't
4: think he noticed the cap and gown in my passenger seat. He was cool. I mean, he was a cool guy. He was like, hey, man, you'll get something in the mail in like a month from the court and you can figure out, you know, at that point what you want to do. And I mean, you can pay now because I have no points on my record. I haven't had a ticket in forever. Uh, My understanding is. For an additional fee, I think you can divert it out of going onto your record and getting reported.
3: Yeah, I got pulled over. I think it was about a year ago. I was actually on the phone with our boss, and at one point, I had my AirPods in. They like crapped out on me, so then I had to go cell phone to the ear. Yeah. So I got speeding and distracted driving. Ooh boy. Now, luckily, the cop took distracted driving off, because that's, that's dicey. That gets up yeah, there a little no, bit no more from a penalty standpoint and a financial standpoint. So
5: Can I take the hat off now because this tassel is really annoying. I think you leave it on the whole show. No, I was hoping you I would. I can't wear but headsets. sets. Well, yeah. You don't pay attention anyway. Excuse me? Exactly.
3: <laughs> Sound like one of his professors. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that yeah. English professor when Jake got that nice grade that would right. round out his final, uh, final assignment maybe ever. Or definitely ever, it sounds like. Uh, So Jake the Graduate is with us here in studio, of course. Uh, Again, Matt Taylor going to join us coming up at 9.30. Scott Agnes at 9. Again, we are just a handful of days away from the Pacers finding out where they are in the draft lottery. And I do think, and I know Scott tweeted this out last night, I do think it's something to note. You know, if there's a name of kind of a prominent NBA player that's been thrown around as, how long will Boston be able to keep this together? It is the name of Jalen Brown. And Kevin Pritchard has mentioned several times that the Pacers want and are going to explore kind of big, big deals this offseason. Uh, you know, if Boston were to bow out tonight, would they look at it as, hey, we can't keep Jason Tatum. We can't keep Jalen Brown, both of them together with them potentially do big extensions? So we'll chat with Scott about that. Again, it is a beautiful Thursday here in Indianapolis. You're listening to Kevin Aquarius right here on 935 1075, The Fan. All, right, all four series in the NBA are at 3 2, and that is the case after the last night with the Knicks and the Warriors both keeping their seasons alive. Jalen Brunson played all 48 minutes. So did Quentin Grimes. Brunson was tremendous, per usual. 38 points. Really, the big three Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson did the heavy lifting. Uh, game was not super close. I mean, there were definitely some moments in the fourth quarter where it, w- it was a small lead for the Knicks, but they're able to take care of business at Madison Square Garden. So, game six. With the Heat up 3-2 will be tomorrow night. And Jake the Warriors took care of business at home, so they cut that deficit to 3-2. It'll be the Lakers at home trying to clinch things coming up on Friday.
4: Uh, Steph Curry with 27. Andrew Wiggins, who, by the way, missed the latter part of the season, the vast majority of it, with a personal uh, issue. 25 points for the Warriors. Draymond Green was really the catalyst. 20-10 for Draymond Green, who's one of those guys that when he is on for them, he is such a centerpiece. LeBron did have 25, Anthony Davis, twenty-three three for the Lake Show. See, I, I'm not wearing my headsets because of this. So you got I, I did it. Yeah. Mark, sounded so.
5: great.
3: Uh, looking ahead to tonight, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> it will Thank be you. the 76ers at home with the opportunity to clinch, and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, trying to keep their season alive at home in the nightcap, uh, you have both teams that are down in those series. The Celtics on the road, they're favored by two and a half. The Suns at home with no Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton questionable, they are favored by three and a half. There,
4: I've decided by the way that I don't like the Suns. I don't know why. Really, I just I really liked them a year ago. I thought they were fun, but like I, maybe it's Durant, but just. I really like Denver. I mean, Denver's just kind of fun to watch. They don't have any. I mean, it's a they great have,
3: mascot matchup between the Suns and the Nuggets. Oh, uh, there's nobody
4: that beats Rocky though. But the Nuggets are interesting because you know Jokic is, you know, a multiple MVP. I mean, he is by by accolade, he is a superstar. But by fan base, is he? You know, I don't know. And.
3: I mean, he's, yeah, he's got, maybe because he doesn't show up on Instagram a lot, he's without question a superstar.
4: Well, but what I'm saying is he's not, he is, that's why I mean, like, in accolades he is. But he's not the guy that, you don't go to a game and see a bunch of Carmel Pups kids wearing Jokic jerseys. You don't see him in commercials. You don't, you know, he's not the pop cultural transcendent player like you have in a Durant or Chris Paul or whatever, but... But the Nuggets have, I mean, really good players beyond just that. I mean, Jamal Murray, when he's on, is really good. Michael Porter's played really well for them. I I just like their pieces. I don't know. They're fun to watch. So
3: all four series, again, at 3-2, and you have the lower-seeded team leading in three of those four series. So now it'll be the opportunity tonight with (coughs) Philly at home, tomorrow with Miami at home, tomorrow with the Lakers at home. All three of those teams will have an opportunity to clinch here in Game 6.
4: Uh, Major League Baseball yesterday. Go ahead and cue it up, Mark, because the Mets over the Cincinnati Redlegs. Don't
3: believe the Reds got a hit Two after to the one. first inning. No, I'm
5: going to be the bigger man today. Oh, okay. Well, where are you going to go? <laughs> Cubs over the Cardinals,
4: 10-4. Uh, elsewhere, Dodgers over the Brewers, 8-1. The Arizona Diamondbacks, that's Mark's Diamondbacks on our rush for PBR. 5-4, Miami wins. Uh, Cute fellow wins 2-1 over Tampa. Thank you very much. You're padding that lead. Uh, Oakland Athletics on the short end, 11-3 to the New York Yankees. JMV took the Royals. They won 9-1 over the White Sox. And Detroit over the Guardians 5-0. Indianapolis Indians, 4-2 winners over the St. Paul Saints.
3: You're going to go. But this weekend you go over to IMS, it'll be the Grand Prix, a 3.30 green flag on Saturday. Tomorrow quals at 4 o'clock. The weather hasn't looked great all week. does look like maybe slightly improving on that. I know the walk-up attendance usually is kind of a big deal uh, for this race so that'll be something to keep an eye on and then tonight it'll be the NFL schedule release for the Colts. We'll chat more about that coming up on the other side we did have the opening game to the 2023 season announced earlier today Um, so we'll explain more coming up on the other side again Scott Agnes at 9 Matt Taylor joins us at 9.30 it is a beautiful Thursday here in Indianapolis. Kevin Acquire at 93.5 The Fan
4: So, Kevin, you were saying during the intermission, if you will, and good morning to everybody on a really pretty-looking Thursday, it's almost a roll of windows down morning, at least it was for us on the way in, um, you were saying that there was a team that has, it appears, multiple primetime games that surprised you a little bit when looking over the NFL schedule?
3: Yeah, so the Packers schedule uh, reportedly has been leaked. Um, obviously, Jordan Love taking Packers over. Suck. For Aaron Rodgers, and they will open to the Bears, and they will play a total of five primetime games here in 2023. Is the Packers' brand, like, that strong? It's pretty strong, honestly. I mean, if you were to go with... Isn't the thought, like, outside of the Cowboys, quarterbacks drive primetime, though?
4: Yeah, but there are... You know, it's interesting, from... From a fan base standpoint, I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers have as strong a brand as any fan base in terms of their in-stadium attendance fans. Oh yeah, certainly. But the Green Bay Packers, I think, I know the Dallas Cowboys are labeled as America's team. I feel like the Green Bay Packers have a fan base as far and wide as any team in the country. Like... Put your damn act together. If you lived in Omaha, or you lived in, you know, I insert names of, of cities that don't have pro, uh, a pro sports team, I think the Packers are a team that a lot of people just gravitate towards because of the whole publicly owned and the heritage and the history and the fact it's a small town. Sure. Yeah. So they're kind of like the... The adopted team of people that have no team.
3: Yeah, a little bit of an underdog story, right?
4: So, yeah, I do think that they have some television appeal. Now you wonder how much of that was. I, I can't imagine this is the case. Is it possible some of that was set up before Aaron Rodgers? They knew was gone.
3: Yeah, I don't think so. I I think for the most part, because you know, I know the trade didn't become official until what a couple weeks ago you know, It pretty much was a done deal like a month and a half ago. And I think the NFL schedule waits. Honestly, Jake, I think they really wait post-draft to do a lot of the fine-tuning with that schedule to make sure, okay, which of these teams took a quarterback? Do you not see the big trade on draft night? Lamar Jackson's situation obviously lingered right up until the draft. Um, so five primetime games for the Packers. For all of us on Thanksgiving, I do love this opener on Thanksgiving. Obviously, we know the Lions play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on Thanksgiving every every year, they will host the Packers. I think that's a nice matchup there to start off.
5: Packers have an early bye as well. Week six. That's, I think we would all not want the Colts to have that early of a bye.
3: Yeah. So, something we talked about yesterday, Jake, Mark, and I. I don't know how closely you've looked at the Colts' opponents this year. It is one of the. I think I used the word tame, so I'll use that again. It is one of the uh, unsexy, yeah, uh huh. I like that, Mark. It is one of the unsexiest quarterback schedules you'll see, particularly at Lucas Oil Stadium. Like the best quarterback coming to Lucas Oil this year is a maybe a Trevor Lawrence or possibly like a resurrected Derek Carr or Matthew Stafford. I mean, it is. Based off last year's schedule, or uh, I should say last year's yeah, I mean, records...
4: which you win four games, you're going to
3: get some benefit here, right? Right. That, that obviously plays in... And you play in the AFC South, so that gets benefit. You match up with the NFC South, so that's why. But if you just strictly look at the quarterbacks, um, I think I counted yesterday, there is a possibility that seven of the Colts' 17 games this year, so nearly half their schedule, they will face a rookie quarterback or a second-year quarterback in those games
4: that also is assuming everyone stays healthy because sure.
3: yeah, yes again this like is we all talked on about paper the other on day. may
4: 11th do you remember you know we were talking the other day about how there was that i can't remember which year it was though kevin but the, like the colts went through a stretch of like six straight games of playing you know case keenum and chase daniel I and mean, it was just like oh my gosh every break went their way sometimes the ball bounces your way sometimes it doesn't i mean that's that's a huge part of it was the year—it was two years ago. It was the year of hard knocks, right? Like, every break went the Colts' way. It was crazy.
3: Uh, just two of the 17 games on the Colts' schedule would be against teams that won double-digit games last year. That would be at Cincinnati and at Baltimore. It will be the first time they play Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase uh, in their respective NFL careers. Um, do you remember the name Reese Horn, Jake? Oh, yeah, football sure. football yeah. and certainly had— Cups of coffee. I think he like the Dolphins the and the Bengals. Maybe gave him a cup yeah. of coffee. Um, I was texting with him yesterday because he plays over in Frankfurt right now. He plays for the Galaxy. Um, I don't think the World League is called the World League anymore. I think it's like isn't it NFL Europe branded differently? It maybe is that or I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's even something different than that. But I was just curious. I'm like, you know, what is Frankfurt like? Um And he said, like, people are obsessed with American football. Obsessed. Says big sports city. He feels like it's a bit of a melting pot. Like, there are a good amount of people that also speak English there. Um, He said there's an army base, some army bases, uh, about an hour outside of the city. So, that probably contributes a little bit to that. Um, But mentioned just from, like, a livability standpoint. He said it's a very affordable city. Um Some sections of it, he kind of feels like a little Chicago-like, maybe in the diversity and variety of the city as well. But uh, he reiterated what I was saying a little bit earlier. It is a huge banking city. So financially, I think that's a big, big part of the NFL trying to uh, tap into it.
4: One of my favorite things to ask people that travel to other countries or people from other countries is if you were traveling – In that country, in the countryside, but thought you were in the United States, based on the topography and the way everything looks around you, where would you think that you are? And almost everyone I've talked to, I have not been to Germany, but almost everyone I've talked to who has been to Germany and been in the German countryside has said, North Carolina slash Tennessee. Like the Appalachian, the Green Mountains of of that area is what it looks like. So, I I mean, I do think Mark Jaynes, the voice of the 500, the chief announcer for us on IndyCar Radio, um, he has family in Germany and has been a couple of times and loves it. I mean, absolutely loves it. So, I I do think, I'm hoping that there is some way that fans have some access to tickets, whether it's buying it from the New England side or whatever, but I, I think it would be very cool for people to be able to go over there I mean you can go over anyway don't get me wrong but um, I think it's pretty cool
3: yeah I was looking at a map yesterday um, it, do, it did seem like Munich which is where a game was played last year in Germany uh, like four hours away so from a like geographic standpoint not very close to Munich um, is Berlin close or is Berlin further north I man
4: I'll have to look at a German map What would Hans say about the German map, Mark? Do we have any idea? Have you gotten a hold of Hans to ask him uh, how far it is from Berlin to Frankfurt?
5: Uh, You look over here and you got Berlin. You look over here, you got something else. You got the Colts and the Patriots coming here to Frankfurt. Weather in the nines, traffic on the nines.
3: Six hour drive
5: from Berlin to Frankfurt. Okay
3: when you think of germany i think of berlin and munich before i think of frankfurt i would
4: agree with that munich is to the very far south berlin is to the very far east and then i'm looking to and frankfurt is kind of in central western germany
3: frankfurt north of munich sorry if i said that wrong i'd like to go to luxembourg how far is it from
4: frankfurt to luxembourg i think it'd be cool to hang out in luxembourg
3: is that the same capital as the name of the country I think that's right. I think of a different. Is that Liechtenstein?
4: No, Luxembourg. I think Luxembourg is cool because a it's tiny, right? The capital is Luxembourg City. So I mean, they're clearly they're creative people. But like when you hear people go to Europe, nobody ever talks about going to Luxembourg. You know what
5: I mean? Yeah, we the went to the little pressure system coming into Luxembourg. <laughs> you know, I mean, it'd be cool to Grab
3: go to Luxembourg. Grab your coats.
4: It's <laughs>
5: getting cold. Jake, I I
3: must admit, I'm shocked you haven't given us a German accent. marcus has been all over it.
4: Oh, I, I'm not going to compete with that. I Listen, I do an... It's very mature of you to
3: kind of back off
4: there. Well, I'm a I'm a new guy. Well, have I do graduate. an excellent British accent and people love it. I mean I go out and people they they all people clamor for it.
3: I've uh, never heard of one person's. Uh, my Irish
4: and Scottish accents second to none. People just think it's fantastic. But German I just leave that to the professionals.
5: If you're heading out to Dusseldorf, <laughs> right lane closed, down to one lane, Yeah, please see? be careful. Now, I, the lanes
3: over there, they go opposite direction, correct, Mark? Yeah. Watch out. By the way, speaking Wrong of way Europe, driver. did you guys
4: watch the latest Ted Lasso? Are you caught up? Yeah, watched mm-hmm. it last night. Yeah, uh-huh. last
5: night. Pretty good episode, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Probably Maddie. the shortest of the season, I think. Yeah, it's not very long.
3: Yeah. No, Maddie uh, definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a good episode. Um, uh, we're going to miss out on Oktoberfest, right, with this game? November 12th?
4: Yeah. I do have a buddy that went to Oktoberfest, and he said that when he went to Oktoberfest, around the corner from their hotel, there was like a convenience store that sold frozen microwavable burgers. And so he bought like four of them. He was there for three days. He bought four of those things, had a microwave in his room, and literally lived off of beer and then frozen burgers for like four days. He's like, it was the worst flight home I've ever been on in my life.
3: At the time, that sounds like heaven.
4: He also bought How about this? My buddy bought a little contraption off the internet that you can latch onto your tray table on an airplane that prohibits the person in front of you from being able to recline their seat.
3: Oh my gosh, is that
4: so it's TSA improved? Like a, like a nine-hour flight, he said. The guy in front of him kept knocking his seat, and the he's is like, hey, "Yeah, I wrong with the seat." <laughs> he's like, "I don't know what's wrong with it, man. You got to." Cover of a seat, my back.
3: <laughs> you could sell those things in the secondary market for millions, probably. I know. Just want like, to get a little shut eye. I, I told
4: him, "I'm like, dude, you are the biggest jerk on the planet." But it's hilarious. I never recline my seat. I always. Who me? Yeah, if I do, I say to the person behind me, "Do you mind if I recline?" I, uh, I very rarely do.
3: Again, I, I was talk, Mark and I were talking about this yesterday, and Jake, I think you feel the same way. I think it's really cool that the NFL does these international games, and I think it's a great experience for the Colts. Um, ask Gus Bradley that question yesterday. You know, Gus was a former coach of the Jags, so we obviously had a lot of games overseas, Um, I thought Gus's answer was pretty enlightening on what he felt like the international experience means to players.
1: Maybe early in the time process, you're going, oh boy, that's a trip now, you know, on the flight and, and, you know, how are we going to do this and how are we going to manage it to keep the players fresh? And then when you go through it all and you get there on Sunday, it's an unbelievable environment. I mean, you're sitting there, and, and it's just—it's just a different feel to it all, and it's very energizing, I would say. And um, the emotion, enthusiasm, and the play—it's—it's it's really a cool experience for the players. I think it's and coaches. It's unbelievable. And I'm guessing in Germany it's the same. What you hear about it—it's very, very similar, you know, to that type of environment. So the players should be excited. I think about it. it's a great opportunity, and it's amazing what the game of football you know presents to you as opportunities and to go over there and play in front of their fans would be great
3: yeah we'll talk more with bernardo ryman coming up at 8 30 tomorrow about this uh ryman said that he went to i think it was steelers vikings in 2013 in london that was his first ever nfl game and again with you've got three games in england this year you've got two in germany The Dolphins and the Chiefs will play the week prior to the Colts and the Patriots in Frankfurt. Uh, So it's still new in Frankfurt. You know, last year the Germany game was in uh, Munich between the Bucks and the Seahawks. So even though the stadium's only 48,000, I think you still will get kind of that newness aspect to it all.
4: Uh, By the way, people telling me Frankfurt's a very cool city. Has a major airport, easy to fly internationally as well. Um, Beautiful city. That's no, what everybody's telling me.
3: So. Take that, Steve. Remember when Steve called in yesterday, Mark? I do remember that. You would have thought the Colts were playing a game in, you know, North Dakota.
5: We've got another uh, Christmas game announced. Oh, let me guess. May I guess? Sure. Christmas, you said? Mm-hmm. Christmas Day. So we have Eagles. On Nickelodeon. Eagles Giants
3: already, right? Mm-hmm. Allow me to ask
4: this, this question, one. Mark. This Christmas Day game is... If you were going to go to this game, would you have to take along your winter coat? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, so based on that answer, I'm going to say that the Christmas game that you uh, discovered or unearthed is the New York Giants at Philadelphia. No. Did, that one's already did, been announced. Yeah, didn't we just say that? Oh, sorry. Um, it's an AFC one.
5: Okay, I'll just go. Uh, Chargers at Chiefs. You got One. It is right division, one of the right teams. Chiefs and the Raiders. Chiefs and the Raiders. On Nickelodeon. Now that is Monday, right? Christmas Day is Monday. Yeah, it's Monday and a one o'clock kickoff. At Arrowhead? At Arrowhead. Okay.
3: That's a good one. Uh, 8 o'clock tonight the full release but typically that happens on scheduled day you get leaks throughout the day so uh, we'll continue to keep you updated through the final couple hours of the show Kevin Aquari here on a beautiful Thursday
2: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you
3: Thursday in Indy Gorgeous, gorgeous Thursday here in Indianapolis. Uh, Jake, you see the report yesterday that it will indeed be Tyrese Halliburton representing the Pacers at the lottery coming up on Tuesday?
4: So far, he has been obviously a great acquisition for the Pacers and their fan base, and you got to hope that that transitions into some good luck for them at the lottery. They haven't had necessarily great luck in lotteries.
3: The seventh slot has had flips, great luck. etc. That seventh slot where the Pacers are heading into Tuesday night, 29% chance at a top four pick, uh, 68 I believe, percent chance at number one. Uh, The seventh slot has moved up in each of the last five lotteries. This is probably more of a Halliburton bigger picture thing, but again, I just think he stands for everything this market needs and I would argue deserves as well on and off the floor sure there'll be a time in his career where he's going to be faced with the decision that other stars in this market have been faced with and other stars just frankly in the nba are faced with but um if you're a pacers fan you have to be absolutely thrilled he's your quarterback he's your guy running it for you and uh we'll see if the uh, luck will be with him come uh come tuesday night so last year it was kelly kroskoff was it nancy leonard the year before is I think that right that's
4: right yep, yep. So let's let's see, right now in the sim lottery on the Tankathon, if in fact Tyrese Halliburton would bring them good luck. This is our first Tankathon since Tyrese Halliburton
5: has been. And
3: this is how they do behind sitting. the scenes, right? Adam Silver goes to tankathon.com and just That's presses exactly the right. button. Yeah, yeah. Tyrese so,
5: Halliburton comes and pushes now the button. Let's, let's hope it's better luck than we've had lately because it's not been good. You ready? Yep. <phone rings>
3: It's the NFL draft.
5: With stars. the eighth the NBA pick. draft one, two It's the same thing. And the
4: 2023 same? NBA mock draft, the Indiana Pacers select Anthony Black from the University of Arkansas, dropping one spot. You guys don't seem too excited by
3: that news. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Um, yeah, I brought this up earlier. I want to talk to Scott Agnes about it coming up in the nine o'clock hour, Jake, but. You know, I think anytime your team is not participating in the playoffs, the the, the common thought is okay. What, you know, what can you learn about the playoffs? Blah blah blah. You know, what what are teams doing that are going on? You know, big runs in the postseason, and you hear Kevin Pritchard chat with us after the season. And he was pretty adamant that the Pacers tried to take some big swings at the trade deadline. Did take some big swings, I should say. And they are prepared to do the same thing here this offseason. And the big swing, in my opinion of Pritchard's words, Jake, is not just hope for the fourth pick in the lottery and draft that guy. Um, It is potentially use your picks. Three first rounders, two in the second round. Use your cap space. Potentially move some guys on your roster. And try and make a big trade. A name that I think is starting to simmer a little bit, and if the 76ers take care of business tonight at home, and the Celtics lose 4-2, Jake, Boston's going to be at a bit of a crossroads here with how they handle Jalen Brown and how they handle Jason Tatum. Uh, Tatum's under contract for, I think, a couple more seasons. Brown it would be in a contract year next season. He was All-NBA last night, voted All-NBA last night, so he's due like a I want to say it's a mega extension, like five years for 290 some million. So I think there is some thought would or does Boston need to part ways with one of the two? And would that be Brown? What would they get for him, et cetera, et cetera? Is that a potential name that the Pacers should look into?
4: A couple of things here. First, open. Disclaimer, and you don't actually hear me say this about a lot of players. I love Jalen Brown. I mean, l- l- I love his game. I love his composure. I love his size. I love his length on the wing. I love Jalen Brown literally. Like, if you were to hire one of those courtroom sketch artists. And just give like the vision of what you think the perfect pacer player looks like, they would draw you a picture of Jalen Brown. Like to me, he absolutely embodies everything you would want. I know nothing about the young man as a person, but I seemingly he's a good guy. I've never heard anything bad about him. And I think he is a tremendous talent. When he, at the completion of his first year in Boston, there were and who knows how legitimate or credible these rumors were but there were a lot of draft night rumors that the pacers may were trying to put together a package to trade and i can't remember what pieces it was the pacers had that they were trying to to part with it might have been paul george actually but jalen brown was allegedly a name that was floated that boston was looking to perhaps flip into to resources that was a long time ago, and he's obviously become a very established player since then.
3: Yeah, third but overall pick in 2016. The 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 one
4: challenge. What well, was the 2017 draft? Um, Should have been the year after. Yeah, it was after his rookie year. Supposedly, his name was in the mix um, of you know being a piece that they could flip. Who knows? It's a long time ago, obviously. But
3: them getting Tatum in 2017 at third overall after Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball is. <laughs> yeah. You talk
4: about a win. I the thing about acquiring him if you were the Pacers. This is the yin and yang of that theory. You said Brown's deal is up, right? Uh he's got 1 year left so,
3: but is eligible for the big the extension, Supermax, right?
4: And he has been coy about the fact that he may not have interest in that. A lot of that probably is gamesmanship. To put himself in better position financially, I understand that. If Boston wanted to do some sort of a sign-and-trade or get compensation for him, which one would assume would be the case, then the Pacers are looking at, you know, you're going to have to give up a ton. However, so that's the the, the drawback, like, it doesn't do the Pacers any good to ship out Tyrese Halliburton or Benedict and to get Jalen Brown. What you want is, of course, Jalen Brown with those guys on your roster. Now, the one benefit may be that if I'm not mistaken, and I, I would have to look at it right now, but, but it seemingly to me, Boston does have or had recently a pretty good bevy of like, young pieces and or picks. They had a lot of picks over the last couple of years. And they may want to go that route again. And And the Pacers do have an excess of draft picks coming up that they could, you know, Kevin Pritchard has said, look, I don't know that I want to bring in this many young guys right. on my roster right now. Boston might want to. Boston might want to add those pieces and get and keep themselves sustainable knowing that, you know, you got Tatum as is a... Is, maybe the best player in the league or one of them. So if if you are Boston, you may look at it and say, look, we're going to ride Tatum, but we need some young guys that can groom under him that are then ready to kind of take the torch a little bit in two to three years. We would like to have picks. Then the problem then becomes for Indiana, those picks that Indiana has or any future picks that they would be acquiring are going to be late first-rounders. They don't have a bevy of lottery picks to send, but they do have draft capital that if boston was interested in would be of interest but i just feel like the price tag for jalen brown not just in the contract but in the pieces that you would have to give up to acquire him would be out of indiana's price range
3: yeah i um
4: i love him though
3: i i i don't know jake again this is pritchard pritchard's i mean he's a smooth talker um it seems like something that he is maybe ready or willing to do And I mean, not to get into a Herb Simon age debate, Jake, but I think it would be something Herb Simon would sign off on, Um, given the fact that it would immediately ascend from a, hey, uh, let's try and get to the seven seed next year to no, let's try and be the two or the three seed and get on a run. Yes, you'd be mortgaging a ton of your draft picks. Uh, you you have to give up the top ten pick this year certainly for Jalen Brown, and then you also would have to give him a big time contract, um, and you would have to have him sign that. You you would not do this trade without an agreement in place. I mean, this is a a Georgia kid that played his collegiate ball at Cal for a year and then played for Boston. So you know I don't think there's like Midwest ties or anything necessarily like that. So you would have to have him in agreement contractually. And this is something to ask when we have Scott on here in a bit. You know, Tyrese Halliburton, I believe, is eligible for a pretty big extension this offseason as well. So financially, we would have, if this were to be something the Pacers would do, boy, I, I don't even know the last time you would go back and look at the Pacers and they would have two players on their roster that would be making, I don't know, top 20 money in the NBA. Something along those lines there. Uh, that would obviously be a huge question mark. But to your earlier point about, boom, courtroom sketch, a modern wing, a guy that is plays pretty good defensive basketball as well, and obviously has scored at a really nice level. And the question would become, if he got out of Jason Tatum's shadow, would he even score at a higher level? Um, now, you could counter that and say, hey, we put our best defensive stopper on Tatum every night, so Jalen Brown kind of gets the second fiddle and so he's able to take advantage of that. Sure, but... I mean, his, his growth throughout his NBA career has been great. And, you know, if you looked at some backcourt of Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, and Jalen Brown for the next um, handful I mean, of years. Good
4: Lord. Um, I mean, it's so, as good as, well, is it as good as Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown? I Pretty close.
3: Yeah, different styles, you know, certainly with Halliburton just being that, that true point guard. But I think this is a name and this is a team to watch. And... Similar to the Colts a few years ago. It didn't work out for the Colts, but the Colts' goal a few years ago in the offseason was let the quarterback dominoes happen and try to clean up scraps off of that. I think if you're the Pacers right now, you want to see a little chaos and see if you can insert yourself into one of these situations. In a way, obviously this magnitude would be much higher, but in a way, that's what they did a few years ago in getting Karis LeVert out of the James Harden-Victor Oladipo deal. They were able to, from a cap space standpoint be there and be that third team now they have flexibility they've got a ton of uh, ton of draft picks they're in a good really good cap situation they can entertain this sort of deal and not every NBA team can say that
4: you uh you've seen Shawshank Redemption right
3: sure there is
4: part of me um that feels like talking about Jalen Brown to the Pacers and thinking about it It's like when Andy and Red are sitting out in the yard and they're talking about the Pacific Ocean, and Andy's going on and on about how, like, if if I can just get out of there and get to the Pacific, I'm going to, you know, have a business where I take people out of my boat, da da da. And they're getting both of them getting completely captivated and lost (laughs) in it. And finally, finally, Red's like, Look, man, like, that's all the way out there and you're in here. Like, you got to quit doing this to yourself. And that's, of course, when Andy's like, No, 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 I've got hope. It feels like with Jalen Brown as a pacer, Kevin, like all of a sudden be, I had this red moment where I want to say, "Like, Look, man, mm-hmm. we could talk about this all you want, right? But he's in Boston and you're in Indiana, okay? Like you've got Tyrese Halliburton, you've got Benedict Matherin, you've got Miles Turner. We, we, just be happy with what you have. But I love, I love the thought of it. And,
3: and I think it is somewhat realistic. I don't think this is like that. Crazy. I don't disagree with that. Of a thought again, the Pacers are one of a few teams that I could mean, Kevin Pritchard us. might have
4: himself a big damn poster, right? Like you, nobody knows it, but late in the night when nobody else realizes it, he's sitting there working and you know, pressure
3: and time, right? And does Boston view it? And does Brad Stevens view it as a time to say, "All right, we've tried this financially; it's going to be difficult for us to make it work." Al Horford's getting older, et cetera, et cetera. Do we do something differently? Ironically, the Pacers do have Boston's first round pick this year. It's late in the twenties that came from the Malcolm. Brogdon. You
4: know what grade. I would say if Jalen Brown became a Pacer? Lord, it's a miracle. Am I the only one that remembers that line from the Warden? I, I, Man was, up and vanished. Okay.
3: I was guessing. What can Brown do for you, or something along that's, those that's lines? Good that's good
4: I In, I, In my opinion, you. that sucks. Excuse me. That
3: was for Kevin. That was for Kevin, right? Oh, well,
4: thank what? You. Thank, mm-hmm. you, yeah. thank you, Mark. Thank you. pay you for that, Mark? No. Where's the diplomat? That's a good question. You, you know, you get like it's the not little a QR leather. code, right? You have to look up the QR code. Yeah, you um, coming on the mail. So when you when you give them the card, so when they when you're in line, you hand the card with your name to the person who reads the names, which is a pretty effective way to do it because you can write down how how he's supposed to say it. And so you hand them the card. They read your name. You walk across. They give you the big leather bound. Cover for the diploma that says Indiana University and has the logo, the symbol on it. Um, and then you open it up, and there's, we sat down, and Corinne, the girl next to me, like opened it up and was like, There's nothing in here. Like, yeah, yeah they send it to you eventually in the mail. I have, how long does it yeah, take? Kevin? I
3: think, yeah, I, I remember that a couple weeks. But yeah, again, I, think I got
5: mine like in June or like a month later.
3: Yeah. Now, based off how your last English class went, I don't know. I know. There could now be another now it, meeting of the does minds. Does it just
4: come, like, folded up in a letter? Like, what What do you get? No, it comes, it comes in, like, in
3: one of those coupon things with all your heating and
5: cooling companies yeah. and all your other... <laughs> it's like one of those big manila envelopes that says, do not bend on it or whatever. So, yeah, you're like, oh, that's, that must be what it is. Our friend and resident
4: at... Is that what it says? Now... Where do you? Where is your diploma?
3: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I had no idea where it was as of, boy, just a couple of years ago. And my parents at their house um, were kind of doing a spring cleaning. And they were like, oh, look what we found. This needs to be yours. It was one of those, we are no longer keeping your stuff okay. at our house. Well, I'm surprised. So I got that and all that's my Sports Illustrated covers.
4: That's a little early. My, my parents... We had a – my parents' house, My myself and my two sisters all had our own bedroom. I had the one, which is weird because as the boy, I had the one with the biggest closet. It was a pretty cool closet. It was like a three-tiered closet. had well, well, to keep all your yeah, The colognes right. aren't going to just stay in a um, drawer. It, it, so we had – it was great. And I had so much sports stuff stored in there and all the Sports Illustrated covers, exact same thing. Literally – it's probably been 10 years ago. My dad called me one day and said, listen, your mother and I, I think, are going to sell the house, which I will loathe the day that happens because that's basically the only house I've known for my parents, But and they still live there. And he said, we're, we're thinking about selling the house, so I'm going to need you to come over, spend an afternoon, and just go through your closet and, and whatever you don't want to keep, we'll, we'll donate it or throw it out, but you need to come and take whatever you want i spent literally guys i'm not kidding but i was there for five hours and it was like going down memory lane i mean i found it was fun and it was nostalgic but i found so much stuff kept probably 20 percent of what was there i mean it was a a long task got done i was carrying out the last tub into my car and my dad's like oh okay great so you got everything you need yeah okay so this other stuff can go out yep 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 okay great your mother and i really aren't actually moving i just knew you'd never come clean this crap out of your closet
3: what should we do with the sports illustrated covers
4: they're worthless because everyone saved them now i have the one the one that i actually always still kept was the 84 olympic cover with michael jordan and it says up up and away i also have the one from his rookie year that says a star is born and he's in the bulls he's going in for a layup um the Lynn Bias one, Death of a Dream, I've always remembered that and kept that. Uh, I actually wanted to to find the Sports Illustrated corporate offices and have a word with them in 1987 when Indiana won the national title, and they instead put Corey Snyder and Joe Carter on their baseball preview issue that said Indian Uprising, and in the top corner in a little postage stamp was Steve Alford and said, Hail the Mighty Hoosiers. I had the frame picked out and everything. And, and ever since then, I that 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 was a huge buzzkill for me. But I,
3: you canceled hard. Sports Illustrated after that.
4: Yeah, that's right. It's hard to throw them out, though, isn't it? Because you're like,
3: yeah, I know. And I had a sixth grade English teacher, Carl Kinnear, at Clay Junior High, who had boy, I, I forget what year it went back to. But Did his f- mom
4: teach cotillion? Nancy Kinnear.
3: Uh, Possibly, okay. Kind Tell of, you. kind of unique last name. As you were, um he had every single Sports Illustrated cover from I don't know what the year would have been eighty something, seventy something, uh, all over the wall. And I was obviously obsessed with that. I was like, "You are my favorite teacher already." Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I like, you know, you imagine if we just plastered every Sports Illustrated cover. I guess it would make well, that's sense. That's what it looked like studio. when I started working here. Yeah, we did have a lot of covers. Anyway, yeah. a little bit and a lot of pictures in here. Yeah, we don't really have any now that I look around the room got a lot of indy 500 decorations
4: uh hey jake purdue inserts the diploma in the leather cover but if you owe money there's a note in there instead even if it's a parking (laughs) ticket when i was a senior in high school that's great uh did you guys ever do the game in high school i I mean it was probably a a, this is probably an adolescent boy phase but where you make like the the upside down okay sign i think people now think it's like a it's like a white supremacy thing i think but you, you know the this right here yeah there was a, When I was in high school There was a thing Where if you did that Like on your thigh And you, you Hey Mark And then somebody looked over And they saw it That you know, it was like Two for flinching yeah, Type thing yeah, yeah, yeah So when I was a senior In high school I the second semester In Joan Warwick's English class Myself Jason Venturi Mike Gangstead There were a handful of us That would do that To one another And Joan Warwick Our English teacher Was like Guys Like I'm, we're, You're 18 Like let's grow up here Okay Like be an adult Let's grow up And when we graduated from North Central High School and they handed us the, the diploma, which is the same thing, it's a it's a leather. They're actually pretty nice, and then on the inside it has the etch of North Central High School. All three of us opened ours up, and inside of our diploma, on a sheet of paper, was a photocopy of Joan Warwick's hand and that possession that said "Gotcha, Joan Warwick."
5: <laughs> I also thought that was pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was so- pretty the solid. circle game, as we call it, the circle game. Thank yeah. you, yeah.
3: Yeah, again, we did the bloody knuckles. That was kind of the Excuse popular me? game with the quarters. You flick the quarter as hard as you can. You're putting your knuckles down on the other side of the table. Did you play uh, – Very immature, trying to be – Did you play paper football? Uh, oh, without question. Mm-hmm. Paper football. Okay. Did pencil you play, pop. How about yeah. nickel basketball? Not as much. It was no. a lot more paper football.
4: Paper football was great.
3: Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was Sebastian Janikowski.
4: I mean, it was – you know, I mean, did you do the thing you have to – Push it to the edge of the table, and if it hang barely hangs over, that's a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, I kind of forgot about and that. And if it yeah, goes yeah. off the table, that's a turnover on downs. Okay, yeah. You get four pushes to get it to, to to hang, and if you if you're not close enough for a touchdown, or if you're you know whatever, then you can kick the field goal. The person has to do the fingers. We are probably field
3: more field goal based though than the four for pushes.
4: Sure. I mean, that, the field goal was always the same, but was there anything worse than when you would hook it wide left or right? <laughs> well,
3: hit some you know, kid in the eye. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Tells on you for the rest of the Sorry, day. Sorry, Patrick. Uh, Scott Agnes joins us at 9. Uh, Matt Taylor coming up at 9.30. Again, NFL schedule release tonight around, I think it is officially 8 uh, o'clock. We'll see some leaks throughout the day. We had a couple of games announced a little bit earlier. The Packers schedule has been out uh, in the opening night game of the year. September 7th, that first Thursday, it will be the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead hosting a team that I think a lot of people are intrigued by this season, and that is the Fighting Dan Campbells. How about that? Mottman going to that game?
4: I'm sure. He was telling me he wants to go to Pearl Jam. You know, Mottman told me that... I didn't know what to think of this. I asked Mottman... I said, are you going to go to per- – we were talking about music. Would you go to Pearl Jam? He's like, yeah, I really want to go to Pearl Jam. And he said, but you know the band more than any other that I would like to see again. I'm thinking, okay, this is the, the dude that basically saved my life. So, you know, this is – and I didn't know what to think of it. And I said, what? And he goes, probably the, the Grateful Dead. Really? I, I'm like Motman and Walton front row? Like, you know what? If I have known that before he did the procedure, I'd have become exactly that. Like – I'm like, really? The Grateful Dead? Yeah, okay.
3: I guess when you watch the Pistons for all these years here recently, you decide (laughs) to go down that path.
5: That's exactly right.
3: Uh, It's time for a morning check down here.
4: Major League Baseball, we'll begin with that. Mets over the Reds yesterday, two games, or two games, two to one. I've got NBA on the mind, which we'll get to in just a second. Uh, It was the Cubs over the Cardinals yesterday, 10-4. I'm going to blitz through every Major League score here as quickly as I can, right, just so that people listening can say their team was represented, if their team played yesterday. Rockies over the Pirates, 4-3. It was the Dodgers, 8-1 over the Brewers, 5-4. The Marlins beat the Diamondbacks. Nationals, 11-6 over San Francisco. Philly doubled up Toronto, 2-1. Boston, 5-2 over the Braves. Tigers also had five runs. That's against Cleveland's none. It was 9-1 Kansas City over Chicago. The Yankees over the Athletics 11-3. Rangers beat the Mariners 4-3, 5-4. Astros over the Angels. Cute fellow, the Baltimore Orioles 2-1 over Tampa. And Minnesota beat San Diego 4-3. Indianapolis Indians 4-2 winners over the St. Paul.
3: Last night on the hardwood, you had the Knicks and the Warriors keep their seasons alive. The Knicks' big three. We're huge in Madison Square Garden. Jalen Brunson with 38. Brunson played all 48 minutes. So did Quentin Grimes as well. R.J. Barrett, 26. Julius Randle, 24. So that series now shifts back to Miami for Game 6. The Heat still lead that series 3-2. So that will be tomorrow night as the Heat look to close it out. Also tomorrow night, it will be back in L.A. as the Warriors keep their season alive. 121-106. Golden State, a lot of help for Steph Curry. Six guys in double figures. Uh, Anthony Davis did get hit in the face late in that game. Um, Darvin Ham said he was okay afterwards, but with a quick turnaround to Friday night, that will be something to keep an eye on. Obviously something about completely slaying that Golden State Dragon uh, will be difficult here for LA as they like to close out the series. And then tonight, guys, where are you going? 76ers at home to close it out. Nuggets on the road looking to close it out in Phoenix. You like Philly? You like Denver? Celtics Nuggets tonight. Celtics are a slight favorite on the road. Two and a half. So you got game seven in the first one, Mark? Mm -hmm. Jake? It's tough. Um,
4: I hope Philly closes it out, but I've said all along that I think Boston's going to win the East. I'll say Boston wins tonight, and uh, I think Phoenix forces a game seven. (laughs)
3: you imagine that atmosphere tonight in Philly? They have lost, I think it's five straight semifinal series in the Eastern Conference. And if Philly wins tonight, or I guess even Game 7 against Boston, they will have home court the rest of the way. Even as the three seed in the East, they will have home court, obviously with a 4-8 matchup in the Knicks and the Heat. Uh, And then out west, they have a better record than all four of the remaining teams in the Western Conference. So, a lot at stake for the 76ers tonight. Uh, Jake, coming up tomorrow, Grand Prix over at the road course. Uh, For those that haven't been, give us a little rundown of what we're looking at there.
4: Great question. Uh, So, the road course is interesting because, and a lot of people don't realize this, when Carl Fisher envisioned the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, he actually did have the thought of a road course in the middle of it. So that road course was, of course, originally designed for Formula 1 to come here. Now IndyCar runs on it. So the cars themselves go in the opposite direction of what you traditionally see them run on the oval. They go northbound into what we know is turn 4 in the oval, take a right-handed turn, and then circuitously work their way back onto the oval into turn 2 and come back around to complete a lap. So the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, GMR Grand Prix, tomorrow qualifying at 4 o'clock is the official qualification for the race that will take place on Saturday. But it's a full day of activity yesterday or tomorrow, I should say, with the Road to Indy Ladder Series, the Indy Next cars out there, practice two practice sessions and qualifying for IndyCar. So full slate tomorrow.
3: When I have gone to the Grand Prix, I have sat close to Turn 4 Oval. I think of that's a good place. Oval. Yep. So you get turn one. You get the first couple of turns of the road course. That turn one action is tremendous. Imagine like just past Pitt Lane if they are going in an opposite direction. Other good spots to view? I know you're kind of on the other side of the track.
4: Yeah, at the end of... So it's called Holman Boulevard technically, but the road that goes through the middle of the infield where they have to then take a left to get themselves back onto turn two of the oval... There is a seating area right there where they're coming right at you and then would take their left-handed turn to your right, and the oval is on your right. I think that's a pretty good vantage point as well. Um, but it is cool. It's I like it. I mean, it's a lot of fun. And that turn one, as you talked about, uh, they go like three wide going into it, and it's basically like a half a car length wide. So they got to figure out real quick what to do.
3: Yeah, I've always enjoyed the restarts in that area. We'll continue to watch the weather. Again, they will race in rain. Uh, Not standing puddles, not lightning. Uh, Right now, around 50% chance, both Friday and Saturday. It does look like Friday more of an issue than Saturday. So good news on the racing front of things. All right, uh, we'll continue to get the Colts conversation and the schedule release uh, underway here at 9 o'clock. Scott Agnes, 9.30, Matt Taylor giving away carb tickets and qual tickets on the pop quiz as well.
2: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I dot com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: Mark, uh, the reason for Little Hungry Eyes?
5: I don't know. I heard it on the way in and I was like, "Oh, play that again. Yeah, maybe like a the hell of it. It's just from Dirty Dancing. Yes a movie i've never seen but that, this song's, let
4: me tell you that movie came out my freshman year of high school and like suddenly like it was like the big everybody thought it was the coolest thing ever i did like jennifer gray though i i thought she was very underrated might because i was like 15
3: years old but <laughs> i was trying to think i was thinking more along those lines but i was like is mark hungry for like the nfl schedule yeah uh, that too I, sure I was confused on that. Uh Mark the, you the said the Monday
5: night game intrigues me.
3: Okay, we've got the Monday night opener and no surprise here. Mark, you want to give us that matchup? Uh Aaron Rodgers debut with the Jets in New
5: York, uh Bills at Jets. It's a pretty good game. That was the, the first Sunday night game I, I could do without.
4: Chargers at Cowboys. I'm I'm 99.9% certain that I'm correct in this. Bills at Jets was the matchup of what kind of landmark event for the NFL?
3: Hmm. Kind of landmarks. Bills and and Jets play every year. Landmarks kind of
4: extreme, correct. But there was a Bills Jets game, which otherwise would have been a complete throw out game. I'm going to guess this was six years ago. Oh boy, six years. Hmm? I'm 99.999% certain that I'm correct on this. The Bills and Jets played on a Thursday night football game that was the first game that the NFL facilitated for it to be streamed live on Twitter. And that was the really? first streaming NFL game, as the precursor for the next year when they started doing. Of course, huh. eventually becoming you know going to Amazon.
3: Yeah, and Amazon, I think, was pretty unhappy with their slate last year. So I guess the Thursday night slate going to look a whole lot different. And again, you are not guaranteed to have a Thursday night game. That is no longer um, the case with how the NFL schedule. Uh, makers, or I guess how the league has decided to um, go about the 2023 season. So, Mark, the primetime game's in week one. It'll be Chiefs-Lions, right, to kick off yep. the season. That'll mm-hmm. be Thursday night football. You said Sunday night is your typical, I mean, this is your ultimate brand and market. Giants-Cowboys? Yep. I don't have the patience to jack with you today. And I guess, to be fair, both of those teams did make the playoffs last season. Yeah. Uh, and then the Monday night matchup will be, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that would be a September 11th anniversary. Correct. Uh, that will be Jets and Bills in New York. Yep, for that one. So that's a pretty good three game slate right there.
5: And the Chiefs have made it official. So the Lions Chiefs is official. It's not. A, it's not a leak or a fake out. The Chiefs are we have tweeted that's the, the fact. The, the, the home opener of the season.
3: Are we doing the double header on Monday night still? I don't know. I, I, Berman comes out of the woodwork for the 10
5: p.m. game or something like that, or Steve yeah, Levy Greenberg does a game or something. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen. I don't. They did that. A couple years, and then they kind of got away from it last year, and I don't know if they're going back to it or not. But I always thought Levy AFC was okay. West. Yeah. I think he, he does a decent
3: job, Is right? he still pretty prominent in hockey? Yeah, he does Sean McDonough is the main, doing, right? Doing a lot of the NHL postseason. He's very good, yeah. Uh, Tom goes, I'm already tired of the Jets, and the season hasn't even started yet. Yeah, I... Preach. Tom, get used to it. I mean, the Jets, when they... Remember the Tebow? Like, I mean, that
4: one year, I'm telling you, it was the weirdest thing
3: I mean, I was tired of them when they had Mark Sanchez. Every
4: ten minutes was like back out live out of Jets camp. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh! And what's strange about that is the Giants have been a good franchise, and at times an elite franchise. And and it's the same market. And I don't remember at any point like when Eli Manning was there, and they were even the defending Super Bowl champs.
3: Is that our Manning the, bias?
4: Like, national love about the Giants, though. Do you? Like I don't ever remember ESPN being like more on the Giants. Now let's go out to Giants camp for the latest on Eli Manning. But whenever the Jets have seemingly a marketable player, not seemingly, but it's
3: like holy cow, all in. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Jets just attract more drama. And the Jets what are you also doing
0: in here, cutie, watching football. Who do you want to win? The damn Jets.
3: Heck yeah. As Fireman Ed as a baby. That's what people don't realize about that clip. Uh, you guys want to throw out a guess for the Colts opener?
4: You don't know this yet, right? I do
3: not. I've liked the idea of Colts at Panthers. I like the Frank Reich. I like the Bryce Young. I like the I, potential of Anthony Richardson. I've also thought Colts at Panthers would be a sneaky Thursday night matchup. That's up.
5: where I'm kind of leaning, where I think that would be more of a... that. That's one where people are like, oh, that, that's an interesting yeah. primetime possibility. Nice twist,
3: you know, yeah. week nine or something.
5: So I would probably sh- I would probably steer away from that one.
3: Excuse me? Yeah, I got nervous I there for a second. I shy away, but
5: I said steer away. That's <laughs> okay. fine. <laughs> okay.
3: Uh, Jake, any guesses, the opener? I will go with...
4: I think Jacksonville showed we don't. Jacksonville's oh, not been confirmed don't say yet, yeah, right?
3: Jacksonville for the opener. No, <laughs> God. I,
4: I think Jacksonville last year became kind of on the radar enough that they might be put up with a bigger match. You know, like I could see Jacksonville opening with. Um, do we know Cincinnati's opponent yet? No.
3: Well, if Cincinnati or yeah, I mean they both finished last season one in the division, right? And that,
4: and that was who eliminated Jacksonville, right? So I could see. But I will say that the Colts open up with. I actually I think it's going to be Jacksonville. I'll say Jacksonville here.
5: I'll say Texans.
3: That was last year. I know. In in Houston, uh, Patrick points out. Yeah, I mean, hard to put the Panthers game week one unless you're confident Richardson is the week one starter. Uh, you know, to the Amazon point, that would be more of a. You get into the season, can you bank on both of the rookies being the starters? Again, the Colts will play the AFC North, the NFC South. And their crossover games will be New England and Foxborough. Well, New England and Foxborough of Germany, I should say. Uh, New England and Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, they will play the Raiders at home. It's the sixth straight year they will play the Raiders. Uh, and then their extra game this season. Two years ago was the Bucks at home. Last year was at Minnesota. That 17th game, the extra one, will be Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and company. Coming to Lucas Stadium, that probably just off fanfare is probably the best home game, right? Just strictly off of name recognition? Rams at home? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, l- mean, l- l- I mean, what's better as a home team? The problem is the Rams
4: just feel like they've fallen off a cliff, right? Yeah,
3: but I mean, Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald are two of the best players in football. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. And... Um, you know, McVay and Stafford, at least their names. I just can't get like Cleveland at home, Pittsburgh at home. Pittsburgh at home will have a
4: huge, as we know, I mean, that, that'll that sell a lot of tickets, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and the NFC South home opponents are Saints and is it Bucks? Yeah. By the way, I grew up a, at Tampa. I grew no, up
2: a Steelers fan.
4: At Luke's Oil. In my childhood, before the Colts came here, and notably I was a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan and there's a little bit of like nostalgia for me about the Steelers when I see the helmet I still think of like my my early childhood but are the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base is that the St. Louis Cardinals of the NFL like, if you don't know that the Steelers are the best fan base, just meet one and wait 30 seconds and they'll tell you.
3: Oh, really? I, I haven't gotten that vibe. I, I think... I, I they're, they're extremely passionate. I don't and- mean
4: that they're smug like that, but they definitely are like, you know, Steeler Nation. I mean, we just don't do that kind of thing. We don't put up with that kind of thing. We don't, you know... Our, our organization is classier. We, we've only had... Two head coaches in sixty-five years, and uh, you know what I mean. Like it's, you know, our, we're family-owned business, and we, we we expect character. And okay,
3: yeah, you hate to say it, but they can back it up. No, I and I mean, I, I I think it's
4: a great organization for sure.
3: I mean, I think one of the wildest stats in NFL history is what season is this for Mike Tomlin? Is it 17, 18 years? Yeah, and he's never had a losing season. It is amazing. Never had a losing season in a professional league that defines parity more than any other.
4: And I, I think I have told the story that when I worked at Channel 6, I covered a Steelers Colts game in Pittsburgh. And after the game, we were in the satellite truck editing and, you know, feverishly editing. And there's a pounding on the door. And we're like, oh my gosh. And it was Steelers fans. And literally, they're like, hey, just want to tell you guys, you know, be safe getting home. Do you guys, are you guys heading back tonight? You know, how do you, do, you, do you make sure you know how to get out of here? They like, could not have been more. Now, no, they, they also won the game. That probably helped. But very hospitable. By the way, I also got a text message yesterday I wanted to share. Uh, did you see, Kevin, the story about, or hear, I should say, the story about Anthony Richardson that Chris Ballard shared? Uh, I, don't,
6: I, don't I received know. this text
4: yesterday. Hey, Jake, I went to the Indiana Sports Court luncheon on Tuesday, and Chris Ballard was the speaker. He told a story about Anthony Richardson and the NFL's rookie orientation program. Troy Vincent of the NFL called Ballard after the draft to tell him what an impact Anthony Richardson had left on him at the orientation program. Specifically, after the dinner attended by all potential draftees, the room was left a mess. Everyone was leaving and Troy Vincent saw one person who stayed behind and was busing tables before the staff came back into the room. Vincent walked walked up and approached him and said you don't need to do this to which Anthony Richardson responded we left this room in an unacceptable condition and it's not right for us to expect the staff to clean it all up Vincent said that Richardson told him that he was free to go to which Richardson basically said no it's all right I'd like to stay and help and he did until the room was cleaned up entirely and he was the last person working along with Hmm. the workers at the shift
3: that's a cool that's a cool story
4: very cool I mean, maybe there's a little bit of embellishment to that. I don't know, yeah. but that's a pretty cool story.
3: I, I f- just feel like him, again, and Benedict Mavin, I just feel like, Jake, they are both wired in a very similar manner to what you want. And I think
4: – and I commend Chris Ballard for this. I think, Chris Ballard, I love this approach mentality and strategy, which was if all four of these quarterbacks have flaws – then let's pick the one with the most upside and that's a character that has the character that we like. And that's what they went with.
3: Again, you hire Shane Seiken for a reason. And it's take the biggest swing in an AFC that is absolutely littered with great quarterbacks and young quarterbacks. Should we do the pop quiz next? Do we have time, Mark? Yeah, we got time. Okay. Uh let's we're gonna do the pop quiz earlier today. We got Scott Agnes and Matt Taylor come up in the nine o'clock hour. So two three nine ten seventy. Uh give uh, giving away a pair of tickets to Carb Day and Quals. So three one seven, two three nine ten seventy. We'll do an early pop quiz here on this Thursday.
2: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
3: All right, with uh, Matt Taylor and Scott Agnes coming up at the 9 o'clock hour, we've bumped up the pop quiz a little bit earlier today, and we're giving away a pair of tickets next weekend. Is that Saturday for Quals, Mark? And Sunday, or just Saturday? I guess Sunday technically is more of the bump and ordering of the front four rows. And then Carb Day coming up two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, So, Jake, a number one through eight to get us going on this early pop quiz. Three. Number three, who we got? Three, Keith. Keith.
6: Good morning. Hello. Keith, how are you today? I'm excited. Thanks for... Call my number today. Oh, so that's well, a great number. That's the Alan Iverson, the answer. So hopefully that comes through tonight, tonight as well. Keith, you've called the program before, correct? Yes, I'm the Pennsylvania Philly guy. Oh, so.
3: Big one tonight for Keith. You having a watch party?
6: No, well, no. Uh, my youngest and I, well, he has baseball practice, and then after that, we'll watch the game. But I will say it's probably the uh, biggest Sixers game, probably since 01. I mean, it's it's bigger than that Raptors game seven. It, it, yeah, I think <laughs> I think at this point, with all the bad, with the tank and the, you know the process years, it's don't and just listen to the sports radio out there. It's it, it's like a you know one, it's the Celtics, and two, and if they win this thing, yeah, who knows what happens? I mean, yeah. it's still you got you got a lot of rounds to go yet. But it's, well, the, you don't want Game
3: Seven, seven in the, the Garden right and no, I, I think you do not no.
4: the thing also Keith that is this is the danger in sports but you start looking ahead right and you think to yourself like oh man I mean you know the, yeah. presumably Miami is the one waiting or New York either one you feel really good about that right so then you're like oh my gosh but yeah. that's a huge dragon to slay in Boston I think the world of Boston's talent but
6: oh yeah I do too much respect you know obviously you hate him you hate you know gosh you, now you hate Keith Smart to death and you, you <laughs> know, hate these <laughs> other guys you know but you know, you always respected them. You know, same thing as a kid—you respected Bird and all those guys. You still hate them, but uh, I mean, look what they did now, last
3: just, year. You know, they had—they won in seven in Milwaukee. They won in seven, or they won Game Six in yeah. Milwaukee. They won in seven over the Heat. So they have yeah. come back before. But uh, good luck to your Sixers tonight, Keith.
6: I appreciate it and, and, and congratulations, Jake. I was, I was a graduate from IU East and at forty years of age, about close to ten years ago. So I know exactly what you went through. So. So good job well i appreciate that thanks man
3: is Uh, that richmond for iu east
6: yeah yeah so yeah so uh you know my previous career used to live in seattle for a little bit and my wife's a school teacher at center grove and uh she said go back and get your degree and she kind of pushed me towards it and and there you go so uh seattle's beautiful by the way and by the way uh as in since
4: since we're talking about iu uh it has to be marcus smart that you don't like and not keith smart right
6: uh, yeah, it'd be Marcus. Mark, yeah. correct.
4: Not Keith um, Smart, yeah. All right. Would would you like for me? That would be Jake or for Kevin to lead you off with question number one, Keith?
6: Uh, I think last time was with Kevin, but let's go with the new grad. Let's go with Jake. Today. All right. Uh, here we go.
4: Question number one. This guy's one of my all-time favorites, man. In terms of the answer, Justin Verlander allowed a run on two hits over seven innings as the Mets edged the Reds two-one last night. Verlander's thirty-third start, in which he pissed, pitched at least. Boy, that came out wrong in which he pitched at least seven innings while allowing two or fewer runs. That ties him for the second most such games in MLB history. Who has the most? Is it Randy Johnson, Walter Johnson, Nolan Ryan, or Roger Clemens? (laughs) Seven innings,
3: two or fewer hits. I thought you were going to say you like Justin Verlander's wife, which I do.
6: Yeah. um, Randy Johnson. Okay.
3: All right. Number two, Keith. Uh, Jalen Brunson scored 38 points, to keep the Knicks alive in the playoffs in their win over the Heat last night. Brunson has scored 265 points in his first 10 postseason games with the Knicks. Only two Knicks have had more points over their first 10 playoff games with the franchise. Who has the most? Is it A. Melo, B. Bernard King, C. Patrick Ewing, or D. Allen Houston?
6: Let's go Patrick Ewing.
4: Okay, question three.
3: Hope the Sixers do a little better tonight for
4: K. <laughs> Boston Red Sox closer Kenley Jansen became just the seventh pitcher in MLB history to record his 400th career save, and he did so in a win over the Braves last night. Who was the last pitcher to get 400 saves? Mariano Rivera, Lee Smith, Trevor Hoffman, or Francisco Rodriguez? Last pitcher, 400. Uh, I would say probably the least like kind of legendary name of the four. Yeah, I was thinking Rodriguez. Rodriguez.
3: He did have kind of a unique spirit about him. I always enjoyed when he got on the mound. I thought he kind of had some fire. All right, Keith, number four here. Uh, Connor McDavid had a pair of assists as the Oilers tied up their Stanley Cup playoff series with the Golden Knights of Vegas last night. That gives McDavid 170 points for the season, including the playoffs. He's just the fifth player in NHL history to reach 170 points in a season, Wayne Gretzky did it ten times. Of the following, which player did not have a 170 plus point season? Was it A. Steve Yzerman, B. Mike Bossy, D. Yamir Yager, or D. Mario Lemieux?
6: Steve Yzerman.
1: Nice.
3: All right.
4: Last question for you, Keith. This one really—if you get this, I will be highly impressed. Okay. Okay. The ninth GMR Grand Prix, that's on the IndyCar Road Course at IMS, takes place on Saturday. Bitcoin still around? Nice. Colton Herta is the defending race winner. Simon Pagno and Will Power have each won the race. They split the first six. They've each won three. That means that there's only one other driver who has won a GMR Grand Prix on the IndyCar Road Course. It's had different names over the years, but you get what I'm saying. Is it Alex Pelot, Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, or Renus VK? Alex Pillow. Here's a better question, Keith. You're how old are you? Uh, 49. Of the names Alex Pillow, Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, and Renus VK, how many of the four would you say that you have heard of?
6: Uh, all,
4: all four. Okay. How would many would How many would you recognize if you walked past
6: him in Kroger? I would know who Scott Dixon is and who Newgarden is. Probably VK and Polo probably would not. Okay, I mean, that's I'm, cool, though. If I, you know, if so I see with our stuff on, but yeah.
4: VK's a tall guy, right, Jake? He is. He's probably 6'2". Not a uh-huh. really nice guy. Um, VK was the answer for question number five, by the way. You did get Steve Eiserman, You got Francisco Rodriguez. It was Bernard King and Nolan Ryan the you answer for the it! other two.
3: Keith, best of luck to your Sixers, man. Stay on the line. Good luck, good luck, good luck. Sixers tonight with the Celtics. Scott Agnes joins us next.
2: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, around 9.30. We'll chat about the Colts heading to Frankfurt. Any other kind of scheduling tidbits on his end? Some we haven't talked about the Colts. They actually have a player from Butler, on their team right now. Um, That is literally Butler here. Um, So, yeah, the Butler Bowl has produced a Colt. uh, Had a really nice rookie minicamp over the weekend and is now on the team's 90-man roster. So, uh, I think if you combine Indiana and Purdue, uh, nobody from those schools on the Colts roster, but a Butler product. So, we'll chat with Matt Taylor about that here in a few minutes.
4: Does that... They did not have, when you say on the roster, nobody brought in yet in terms of camp, right? Like camp invites?
3: Well, we're, we're at 90 now. 91, technically. There's a roster right. exemption, so well, obviously the, you can cut and maneuver the roster how you wish between now and the start of training camp, but uh, for the first time all offseason, this roster is at that 90-man limit.
4: And the I know that you guys talked about this yesterday, but I think it's an interesting point to, to say again. The international player that they have does not count on the the cap, so to speak, right?
3: Yeah, it doesn't count on the roster either. Marcel Dabo is his name. Um, the NFL, a few years ago, adopted this where um, one division in the AFC, one division in the NFC would get an international player put on their roster for, I believe it's a two-year kind of experience, two-year trial, if you will. And it doesn't count against your team. He was on the practice squad last year. Very athletic defensive back. um, A guy that was participating in the rookie mini camp. So, you know, we'll see if if he can make the team and and what that would look like. But, boy, he's got to be a guy that if you needed any more extra motivation. I'll have to look at where exactly he's from. Um, Again, Bernard Ryman's going to join us tomorrow at 830 from Austria to talk more about this. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to look up where uh, where Dabo is from. Rootlingen? Am I saying that right? Did he play – I'm looking here. Uh, did he play
4: collegiately at all in the U.S.? No. Okay. No. He did have a high jump of 40.5 inches
3: at an international combine workout. Two hours and 53 minutes. That's where they're saying. His hometown is from – Frankfurt. All right, let's uh, get into the Pacers conversation. Scott Agnes joins us now. We got the lottery coming up on Tuesday night. Um, so Scott, obviously the seventh pick, and if that gets into the top four or potentially number one, that's the big news. Um, but also, that won't their second round pick get decided based off the lottery as well? That early second rounder, I should say. Yeah,
7: that's absolutely right. The the team that the Pacers will be watching is Houston. Do they keep their second round pick? Um, and have the 30 second pick because uh, then it goes to the Pacers and it gets a lot more interesting. If not, the Pacers get pick 50 from the Miami Heat as part of a, a long, complicated deal. So, those are the two
4: things to watch. Scott, I want to begin. Kevin and I were talking about this earlier. A, a player that I like, l- I mean, I love this guy's game is Jalen Brown. And. I think there's probably some gamesmanship with Jalen Brown and the Celtics in terms of Supermax deal and Jalen Brown's, you know, where he'd like to stay or does he want to go on, you know, whatever it might be. If Boston crunches the numbers from a a cap standpoint and knowing Jason Tatum is there as well determines that Jalen Brown is not a player that they want to retain— I think it would be outrageously expensive to get him. But am I correct in saying that he is a player early in his career that there was at least rumor that Indiana was a potential suitor for in terms of an early career trade with Jalen Brown? So first of all,
7: uh, we we learned yesterday, and by the way, congrats, Jake. That was awesome yesterday. Thank you. Um, We we learned that the the all-NBA teams were out. John Morant did not make it, um, but Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum did. Which makes them both eligible for for their their max here, and so that's what Jalen's going to want. That's what Jalen's probably going to get. But you do hear a little bit of posturing, a little bit of yeah, maybe it's some kind of negotiation. I would be surprised if Boston does not give it to him. Um, and we go from there. And in, in terms of connecting Jalen to the Pacers, nothing that I can think of that I'm aware of. Um, there was that Miles Turner potential deal to Boston that Danny Ainge didn't like that was centered around Gordon Hayward. Um, but I can't remember anything specifically about Jalen Brown.
4: I, I thought for sure he was one of the names. And I think it was Turner. It was like, wasn't it right before like the 17 draft or during the 17? I just remember on draft night, there were there was rumor that he was in a a potential trade, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. yeah, who knows? But my point, man, I will say he is the perfect player for what Indiana. I mean, he's an elite oh, talent. Sure. But, it, the, yeah. but that style of play is exactly what they could use. But I mean, the price tag for him is going to be outrageous, right? Well, beyond that, you'd have to trade for him. <laughs> or, or sign and sign him
7: outright, right? And so, it, I mean. If he would leave Boston, it'd be for his max elsewhere, um, which is obviously not the same um, in terms of years and, and money as it is in Boston. So, um, I mean, I, I see no reason why the Pacers wouldn't be willing to do that, considering that's their need. That's what they've needed for five plus years here, but I just don't see it happening.
3: And, and I guess Scott, and again, Scott Agnes, Fieldhouse Files, he's actually going to be in uh, noon to three today. I'm seeing Catchup here on the station. Financially, the, the Pacers could make something work like this, correct? Because I'm curious, with the Tyrese Halliburton extension that's likely, I, I assume, going to come this summer, obviously the cap is going to look a little bit different for the Pacers here in the next couple of years, but they can make something like this work, correct, if they were to try and pursue a Jalen Brown?
7: Yeah. Uh, right now they have roughly, I want to say, twenty-five to $28 million in cap space for this year. Um, you got a couple guys, like you said, that are going to need contract extensions, specifically Tyrese Halliburton, after this next season. You could agree to it this year, um, but it wouldn't even then kick in until the, the following year. That, that's one area for sure. They have all kinds of flexibility, and even if they don't have the exact number of what it would take per year they can get there pretty quickly because of their roster flexibility and guys not really on long-term contracts. Again, Miles Turner only re-signing for two years, not a you know four- or five-year type extension. So um, that, that would not be a problem. They're one of the few teams with cap space. And also the other thing to keep in mind is, and this is why you saw Miles only re-sign for two more additional years, is we're going to see the salary cap, or at least everyone is expecting for it to pop again. With this new TV deal that has not yet been agreed upon or, or reached, um, you're gonna, I think, see you know a, a fifteen million dollar salary feel more like six, maybe four teams down the road. So um, you know it, it's not gonna be too long when you're gonna have the top best of the best making sixty million per year and you don't even blink an eye about
3: it. And Scott Agnes with us here from Fieldhouse Files. Scott, uh, looking to next week uh, again, the lottery on Tuesday. Uh, mm-hmm. The combine starts just a couple days after that, right, up in Chicago?
7: The, the stuff we all see does, yes. That on-court stuff, the testing. Technically, it starts this weekend um, with meetings with players, and there's a G League uh, camp and all of that. But the primary stuff, the testing, the on-court drills, um, players meeting with teams, that all begins get started in earnest basically Wednesday to Friday.
3: Obviously, the NFL Combine, probably being in our own backyard, we just naturally pay more attention to it. But it is a big mm-hmm. deal. I mean, it, it certainly is something that the Colts have made it very public how much they believe in. I'm curious from an NBA standpoint, I know it's not the same, and getting guys to play five-on-five five at the Combine is is probably wishful thinking. But when you talk about the local guys, Scott, like Jalen Huchofino, Trace Jackson Davis, Zach Eady, they probably are in three different tiers of this draft and we'll see if Edie ends up um keeping his name in the draft but like what is next week like for them in terms of you know repositioning themselves potentially in this draft
7: Yeah, I would agree. They do seem to be somewhat in three different tiers here. So what they'll do is one they'll be working out presumably with with their agency, you know, they all kind of work out as a group what each of whom, uh, you know, Jalen's with CAA, uh, Trace is with XL. Um, so they'll get workouts in during the day. Some of the agencies will have pro days out there. Um, and invite, those are obviously closed off except for team and maybe some select media. So there's, there's some of those pro days that go on out there. Um, there's a lot of meetings. Some of the best stuff, probably much like the NFL scouting combine, is just being in the hotel lobby at 10 a.m. with a coffee and seeing who passed by and running into somebody and watching uh, what takes place there. But uh, for Trace, I remember, you know, this could be a huge uh, time in terms of metrics, in terms of numbers, agility drills, what do the numbers say? I mean, I remember back in the day. If you're talking about a couple of IU products with Victor and uh, Cody Zeller battling it out, like they they basically pushed each other, challenged each other in those drills to beat one another, um, and made each other better in that way. If you're Jalen Chofino, you think you're a lottery pick. You don't want to screw anything up. You want to. I'm mean, be curious uh, if they take if he takes um, um, if participates rather in in the. Images that go on, some guys elect not to, and I believe moving forward after this year, um, there, there's more of a requirement of what players must participate in. That's part of the new CBA that's yet to be released, but some details have trickled out. They want to take it more serious because, for example, a guy like Jaden Ivey, supposed to talk to the media last year supposed to take part in all the drills and stuff and then presumably based on what his agents was telling them and what his agent had heard they said you know what we're not really going to do anything we're going to sit this one out and so they're trying to keep away from that so there's about 78 different guys that will participate the only big name that's not going to be there is the number one name victor Wimbenyama. he's still playing overseas so he's not expected but scoot henderson brandon miller all the rest of the names uh, are set to be there. We'll see how much they participate in, them.
4: Uh, Webb and Yama, though, I, let's be real, Scott. He doesn't need to be there. I hate to say that, but, I mean, he's going to oh, be number one. You know, it, it, I mean, health, it, <laughs> other than other than devastating injury, he is the number one pick. Now, it feels to me like, Scott Agnes, by the way, is our guest on the Payless Sickers Hotline. You can hear Scott later on this program, by the way, or on this radio station, I should say, again, later today uh, at noon. But, Scott, it seems to me like, If you look at the Indiana players of interest in the draft process, that the next couple of weeks are probably most critical for Jackson Davis or Edie, for example, and not Hood Shafino. Because if Hood Shafino goes out and through workouts or whatever else does not perform well, I think that it doesn't impact him as much because he is still young and raw enough that it is his prototypical body type and his body agility and control that are putting him in the position where he is because he is a draft based on where you think he is going to end up guy, and there's going to be the thought process that Jackson Davis and Edie have already hit the maximum of what they can provide, and and they're going to have to show beyond that. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, it does, Jake. I mean, you look at it,
7: we just had the NFL draft, we're moving towards the NBA draft. What are they drafting on? Potential. That's why you're talking about all of these guys. And so the more developed, a guy like Trace Jackson Davis, where I thought all along, going back after his freshman year, where he would really pop, would be in these pre-draft workouts. So a guy like him, and I don't know, to the extent Zach E. D will want to do this, or will he make a decision before then? But uh, a guy like Trace Jackson Davis fans should know. We should probably be prepared to travel to 20 different cities over, you know, a month long span. So he's not going to know what day it is or where he's at, and just go through workout after workout after workout, three on three. Uh, you go out to lunch, maybe a dinner the night before with the team, quick interview, and then you're on to the next city. And I think that's where. Trace can really make the largest impression. How does he outwork and compete against the guys in which he's included in those um, in, the, in the scrimmages with? How does he impress upon his basketball knowledge? Because we've seen him. There's a much more uh, larger body of work, right, from his college days versus Jalen Hood Shafino. So, yeah, I would completely agree. Um, the other thing is teams will want to see maybe more. You know, for example, I was I'm still stunned. We only saw. A trace attempt a three, in, in, three uh, excuse me, in one of his four seasons. That's it. None this year, for example. A year where he almost knew he was going to go pro afterwards. So if I'm a team, I want to see what kind of outside shot he, he, he has. What does his mid-range jumper look like? Because so much, he was so dominant back to the basket and in the post that why go away from it? Well, in turn, I want to see that if I'm an NBA team.
3: Scott Agnes is with us here from Fieldhouse File. Scott, last one from me. Um, I believe, I think you had this, the Pacers right now are kind of in like a voluntary part of some off-season workouts, but it looked like they had a nice turnout uh, with Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin, among others, over the facility this week.
7: Yeah, so this is one of two optional developmental weeks, Rick Rick Carlisle called it uh, a while ago, uh, that they had planned and, and wanted to do. I think the other one starts June 12th, where... Guys, obviously, don't have to come in. It's it's not like it's available to media or anything like this. It's pure off season workouts, and most people wouldn't even know about it if not uh, for Pacers sharing photos about it. And from those photos, you're right; it appears like it's a very good turnout of all those young guys. The fi- fact that Tyrese Halliburton's there and taking place along with Ben and you know uh, Jordan Wara. Uh, that you know, and Daniel Tice is the lone exception of the guys I wouldn't have expected only because he's a veteran. However, he's got to get, get going and tuned up for FIBA basketball. Um, and so this is a perfect time for, he, for him to get some reps in there. But this is a good sign of, of guys that get along and want to hang out more in the offseason when
4: they really don't have to. You know, last question here, Scott. Kevin brought this up earlier, and I thought it was a great point. If you look at tonight's games in the NBA, and you know, two great games, obviously, Boston, Philly, Denver, Phoenix, in terms of head-to-head mascot matchups, this is pretty solid. Now, Jeez. the Sixers have that. What? What is he exactly? He's like a red and blue dog of some sort. Is that what he is? He's kind of like a, a, a boomer type character. Is that right? That's what it looks like. Yeah, okay. I'm not exactly
7: uh, I'm not exactly sure, but that's what it appears to be.
4: Now, do the Celtics have Scott? If you need to
3: hang up and prep for new, do they, to three they today, have like a little leprechaun
4: free. fella, The Celtics. I don't, so so Sixers win that. But I'll tell you what. You get over into this matchup in the West, and Kevin brought this up, and and. Of the epiphanies Kevin's had on this show, this is towards the top. You go Rocky versus the uh, gorilla. Uh, this is pretty serious and stout. Now, I, I personally believe Rocky is the greatest mascot in the history of mascots, but okay. but the gorilla is kind of the OG. So which way are you tipping the scale? OG
3: Ananobi, you going to transition to an Ananobi <laughs> question here? On... No,
4: I'm just saying. I think this is fascinating. Hey, you brought it up. I'm just saying. Rocky, the goat, but Phoenix, the gorilla, the original. So which one do you go with, Scott? I would go with the gorilla because that's. The, I have a first memory
7: of going to a Phoenix Suns game and, and having to absolutely see that gorilla out there. I think the Bulls mascot would be my number one across the league. Benny the Bull,
4: yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thanks
7: he's for coming on. He's
4: something. He's <laughs> sneaky.
3: <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I can live Jake with will that. Jake'll be waiting for you in the lobby. I like ordering,
4: but I'm telling you, there's Benny no the one an agitator. He would dump popcorn on you, Jake. I think that's why you don't like him because you wouldn't trust him. Listen, that's how Rocky is, though. Rocky is sneaky, <laughs> like you don't know where he's coming from.
5: Rocky, I'm telling you, Rocky is the man. Benny the Bull, smoke a J with you outside the United Excuse Center, me? though. That's, that looked it up. That's that's a fact. Wow.
7: Hey, one fun fact here to end it here. How about Boomer, by the way? Guy's been doing it 25 years. And, absolute and legend. Yeah,
4: it's unbelievable. I truly don't
7: understand it. The backflips, the climbing, like, it, it, he does
4: a great job. Oh, but I mean, Boomer. absolutely. No question. Boomer's Absolute
3: legend. Scott, thank you, especially for the last couple of minutes. Appreciate that. Excuse me? <laughs> you bet. Thanks, guys. Uh, new to three today, Scott Agnes and Jimmy Cook. So you going got- to break down Franklin, the Sixers
5: mascot. Is that his name? Franklin.
3: Oh, I used to watch Franklin back in the day. The, yeah, yeah, turtle, the turtle show. Yeah. Um, I brought this up earlier, and I guess it was kind of a pointless thing to even bring up. Uh, all four of these semifinal series reaching at least a game six. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I feel like some years, maybe most years, you would have those series, at least one of the four done by game five right. or even a sweep. Uh, last year, all four of them reached a game six. Really? Yeah, you had two actually go. Uh, seven games last year how many will go seven of these four left
4: boy i think boston philly might um and i i man
1: lakers warriors
4: i think lakers warriors may
3: uh heat Knicks will not okay so the heat get it done at home what about the suns can they advance it to a seventh game they are the only absolutely
4: Absolutely. So, as a matter of fact, I'll say Heat-Knicks is the only that doesn't go seven.
3: Three of the four. Last year, you had Milwaukee and Boston. Boston down in that series with home, uh, home court Jason Tatum in Milwaukee last year. An incredible performance. They won that series in seven. Uh, Dallas-Phoenix was the other seven-game series last year where the Suns just kind of wilted Late in that one, and Luka Doncic put on a show as, and honestly, Jalen Brunson. That was probably a big reason why he got the deal that he did from the Knicks. Okay, Matt Taylor is going to join us in about five-ish minutes. Uh, Let's hit a morning check down.
4: Well, we just kind of previewed it tonight in the NBA. It is Boston and Philly. That's at 7.30. That is a game six. Sixers lead it three games to two. And then in the western side, it's the Nuggets and the Suns. That's a 10 o'clock tip tonight. The Nuggets trying to close it out. They lead three games to two. That game down in the Valley of the Sun. Last night's NBA action, it was the Knicks over the Heat. 112-103. Jalen Brunson was spectacular. 38 for the Knickerbockers. R.J. Barrett added 26. Golden State managed to continue their season they defeated the lakers 121-106 staving elimination forcing a game six. Three-two lakers to lead it steph curry had 27 draymond green with 20 and
3: 10 for uh, tonight the celtics are favored by two and a half on the road the suns at home trying to keep their season alive favored by three and a half all right shifting over to the diamond from yesterday the reds got two hits in the first inning and didn't get another one the rest of the game well where are you gonna go I'm not sure if I knew Justin Verlander was on the Mets before last night where you been well again Kate Upton a little bit higher on my priority list I've told you this
4: before Kevin many a time 2016 it would have been I think IndyCar in Houston we decide Mark James Nick Yoma and myself let's go to the Astros game so we buy tickets for the Astros game They had the roof closed. Somehow or another, we were sitting underneath the air conditioning unit that was leaking and dripping on Mark Jaynes the entire game.
3: Oh, well, in Houston, that could be a good thing, potentially. True. So
4: we decided to go walking around, and Kate Upton was, uh, was seated down on the third base line just in the crowd, and while I do not dispute that she is obviously a very attractive woman,
3: oh jeez what are you about to say
4: if she was not a famous supermodel you would not have thought twice about it when she walked past you which I guess oh, is kind of a credit yeah, to her wholesome. She just on yeah wholesome yeah.
3: the girl next door yeah. Yeah. yeah I see no issue with that Jake graduates, and now all of a sudden he's just like, well, only supermodels. Uh, yeah. his nose
5: up. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Long Beach race Actually, is what I yeah. prefer. Not worth
3: my worst cologne. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll spray bottle 47 of my favorite there. And I should count my, my number
4: one. of colognes tonight. Yeah, Can you What's rank them? Over, and just
3: under? take a picture and tweet it out. I think you
5: told us
4: 60. I have a, do you want me to take a I have a picture, I think. No, that doesn't surprise me.
3: Uh, <laughs> Cardinals lost to the Cubs, right? 10-4. Yep. Um, What else? Indianapolis Indians, 4-2 over St. Paul. The White Sox lost again to the Royals. Uh, all right NFL schedule comes out tonight at eight o'clock we've had some respective leaks throughout the day mark I'm trying to think of some of the marquee games I guess let's just go over prime time in week one uh Bill's
5: Jets is the Monday night game Giants Cowboys is the Sunday night game the start of the season t- kicking off the season is the Lions at the Chiefs that is a that is one I don't think anybody would have had on their scorecard but I'm actually I think that's actually a pretty intriguing first game matchup you're about to sneeze imagine you right
3: yeah it, <laughs> but I, I think i've staved it off actually um imagine going to mars for the last 18 months and then coming back and being like hey welcome back nfl schedule the lions are going to play on opening night you
4: know actually i the think detroit lions what? probably just imagine going to mars for the last 18 months is
3: touche <laughs> that'd be quite the experience yeah. Uh, so Jets-Bills, as Mark said, on Monday night. Obviously, it's Aaron Rodgers' his first game, his first home game with the Jets. Giants-Cowboys, couple playoff teams. Those markets uh, speak for themselves. So uh, we'll continue to monitor the schedule, at least throughout the day. The Lions
4: are setting us up, though, right? Because there's always that team that's the big, sexy pick, and everybody's like, here they go, and then they go out and they go like 6-11, and 11, right?
3: Mark, are they the definite favorite in the NFC North, or is Minnesota still that? I don't know. I mean... I'd say the Lions are the favorite. I don't know about the
5: definite or heavy favorite. I I would venture to guess on the gambling sites, it's pretty even. I would say the Packers are probably the 4th place team on those bets. But I would say, yeah, it's probably Lions, then Vikings, then Bears, Packers. I would
3: guess, and this is a guess, I'd have to look this up in Vegas. Do you think Jacksonville is the biggest division favorite of any team in the NFL this season?
4: Gotta be, right? That's a great question, but it's... they have to be the most because literally every every other division
3: has You've got multiple teams, right?
4: Or none. Um I mean, looking at it right now, that that's a great question. I mean, okay. You know, the Bills, you got the Jets are a little bit intriguing in Miami if they can put it together, right? Cincinnati uh, the
5: heaviest favorite, and okay, this, is yeah. me, this is me just yeah just, really Cincinnati's quickly. Cincinnati's got to be up there, man. Uh, they, the, the heaviest favorite, if you were to bet division winners right now, is the San Francisco 49ers to mm-hmm. win the NFC West at minus 175.
3: Jacksonville is at minus 160. There is another team that is tied with them, and that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. I was going to say
4: Kansas City, although the, the Chargers just never are able to put on their big boy pants, I think right? the
3: interesting point, and Mark, you can see this with how you're looking at the app, did you notice how the second team, Tennessee, is at plus 360? Mm-hmm. If you look across the NFL, every team that was listed as the second best odds to win the division, they're all better than that. Yeah. So, you know, again, no one in this division is really viewed as, even on that two scale, Indy would be three, and then Houston rounded out as the four. The Packers are
5: the second favorite in the NFC North right now. I know, I saw Which that. That is kind of crazy.
3: Yeah, that's a lot of praise for Jordan Love and company. I am very intrigued to see Jordan Love this season, and it sounds like we're going to see him a lot in primetime.
2: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: Uh, All right, Matt Taylor, Voice of the Colts, next.
4: I just got to thinking about this, Kevin. Perhaps this music put me in the mood if in fact as has been reported the Colts are only going to receive about 600 tickets for their game in Frankfurt Germany and that would be for player allocation staff etc and you know a lot of people are asking like can you buy tickets to that game on StubHub if it's international that's a really good question I have no idea I don't know if Bullseye Event Group for example will be putting together fan packages um this seems to be this seems to be Kevin the perfect, 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 perfect opportunity for a Colts massive viewing party at the Rathskeller.
3: Oh, yeah. I saw Greg, 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 I was tweeting about that yesterday. Yeah. yeah.
5: PBR party. Oh, oh, sorry. I sneezed.
3: Is PBR available at the Rathskeller? They seem to have a you know more of a German flair to their beverages. Yeah. <laughs>
5: David Hasselhoff serenading us right now.
3: He's huge over there, right? He's huge. He was there for the Berlin Wall coming down. For a split second there, I thought that was Matt Taylor. (laughs) It was a very brief second there, Uh, Matt. Matt Taylor, uh, Germany bound. You ever been?
0: Never been to Germany, uh, but I did take four years in high school. So did you really? I did. I did. Uh, I got was a straight A. Jake, you'll appreciate this. Every every quarter, in high school, my German class. So four times a year, we had to do a German project, and it didn't matter what it was. And every year, I would do Don Fisher interviewing IU basketball players in German. Uve <laughs> blop every time, obviously, right? <laughs> now it, he- was, it was whoever was on the team at the time. So a lot of like DJ Whites and uh,
4: oh gosh, he was back in the. Early 2000s, like probably Robert Vaden or somebody like that. Marshall yeah, Strickland. There you go. You know yeah. the um, that the is problem so good, Matt. With, with and the you know with now with the dollar to euro transfer each quarter that you did that was actually only two dimes, but you know that's cool. Jeez, um, <laughs> oh, Mark, the, play the audio. Excuse that was, me. That was I what? I, I don't. I don't. I disagree. Um, I'm curious opinion, about this, Matt. That sucked. Come on. I'm curious about this. If you took four years of German in high school, and how long, I mean, obviously I'm assuming that you did not then go into a situation where you were having to use German a lot, although that is super cool and commendable. How much of it do you retain? How much of it do you remember?
0: Yeah, no, like like I said, not not a lot, because it was you know going on 20 years ago. Um, I, I think, like, I'll put it this way, like, if I had to order something off a of menu or if I needed directions, I could probably get around, um, but... Yeah, not not a ton, not a ton. I, but I will say I, I'm I'm looking forward to going, and I'm looking forward to to being there. And I'm sure once I hear people talking and I hear people using you know adjectives and verbs and nouns, I'm sure it's all going to come flooding back to me a little bit. It was it was a good. It was it's an easy language to learn. Let's put it that way. Like that's why I took it because it's it's a lot like English and it's it's simpler than english in terms of sentence structure and nouns and pronouns and things like that i mean people don't love the language cuz it's not a very you know it's not like french where it just rolls off the tongue and everything sounds so sophisticated and sexy but it's it's an easy language to learn and it's a it's a good culture from what i remember in terms of studying it
3: Matt, I know logistically, and Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, with us here on the Pale Sickers Hotline. You know, going overseas is quite the ordeal, and it's quite the ordeal for you guys from a radio crew standpoint. And there's a whole lot of hurdles. clear and and knowing what the stadium's going to look like and all those things i you and i spent a lot of time over in london when the colts played in 2016 i had a blast i thought it was outstanding i really enjoyed the experience the energy level i thought gus bradley's answer yesterday about playing overseas was pretty cool of yeah you do have this like man that's a tax scene and that's a big trip and that's a long trip once you're over there though the energy level is awesome um, so I think this is pretty cool, and I know the Colts haven't done it in you know seven or eight years. The fact that it's Frankfurt's a little bit new, and mm-hmm. and um, I, I think it's gonna be a fun time.
0: Yeah, I do, too. I, I remember that London trip. I mean, you're exactly right. Once you were there and you got your drilling going a little bit and you were able to kind of get off of the uh, weird time zone body acclimation, it's just it's a blast. It really was. I mean, uh, playing there in London with 90,000 people, um, that was just really, really, I mean, just kind of I was on the sidelines uh, at that point just looking up at the the, the massiveness of the stadium and all of the people. And the, the stands just went up and up and up seemingly forever so really really cool experience and i'm hoping that you know this experience is is similar to that probably a longer trip um you know some logistics and hurdles that we're going to have to work through you know believe it or not that was seven years ago and in seven years technology has really changed so i think maybe that might be a little bit easier for us because hopefully we don't have to travel as much and things like that. I mean, I'm I'm boring the audience with that kind of stuff, but um, yeah, really looking forward to it. And sounds like it's an intimate stadium, not a huge stadium. So you know, it's going to be a lot of There's going to be a lot of energy. There's going to be a lot of fans. It's going to be loud and just a really cool environment that uh, I'm really looking forward to. And you know, I, I don't know when in my lifetime I would take a trip to Germany. So to be able to kind of have this a part of the Colts schedule and and do uh, two birds with one stone is i'm really fortunate
4: in that regard matt in terms of the and we'll obviously i'll probably only ask you this 37 times over the course of that that week leading up to that but is there any concern lack of a better phrase that a game like that can cause a team or a roster to because it is super cool and it's so unique to go over to to a place like Germany I know that they have a job to do but it feels like a field trip it feels like the when you're at school and then all of a sudden you get to take the day to go to the children's museum and sure you're learning and you're doing the same things and you're with your class and you're with your teachers but it feels more free is there any chance that from a playing standpoint how big a challenge is that for the organization to let the players know this is still a business trip and it's fun for our fans, but for us, it is a game. I think it's hard to balance all of that. I think you bring up a good point because at the end of the day, it's it's still a
0: football game and it's still going to count, you know, 1 one seventeenth of, of the season. So all of these NFL games have huge ramifications in terms of who makes the playoffs just because of the scarcity of the number of games on the schedule. But, you know, you, you do want to give the players you know, some some time to take in and experience the culture and, you know, go out and about and, you know, talk to fans and maybe go to, you know, a restaurant or, you know, go downtown Frankfurt to experience that because, again, it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a lot of these guys. And But I just remember, Kevin, you can speak to this, too. It's such a business trip because... I mean, you're flying to London back in 2016, and you leave at, what do we leave at? 6 p.m. on a Thursday, and mm-hmm. we landed at 7 a.m. on a Friday um, in London, and then.
3: Like straight body, to the practice field, pretty yeah, much.
0: Your, your body's all out of whack, and then, you know, to get guys back in motion, you know, the Colts went to wherever they stayed outside of London in a suburb and went straight to practice. I mean, there's just a lot that goes into that, and logistics and, and figuring out what's best for your body what's best for your nutrition what's best logistically in terms of the planes and the buses and the accommodations um, it's just really a headache for uh, you know the operations people but they knock it out of the park and, and they study these things and you know they take the analytics into account in terms of who had, had success doing what uh, you know with with teams that have played internationally before um, but again you know you're only you only have one sample size one game of a sample size of teams that played in germany and experienced that you know 10 11 hour flyer whatever and that was munich
3: you know that that, so i think i'll just add that i mean you know the colts went over to london the first international game was what 2007 so Mm -hmm. i think you had had nine years of you know nfl teams that could share things with you or the league could say okay these are the sites that teams have gone to frankfurt's a little different Dolphins, yeah. Chiefs will go over there the week before, and that's mm-hmm. the only game. So I think you know, that'll be a that'll be a twist. If for you him.
4: don't like Frankfurt, you could. Do, you're only a half an hour from Lafayette. You just go over there and you know go to Triple X. Yeah. In my
3: opinion, that sucks. Well, come on, Mark.
4: Come on. <laughs> you can get a hot dog in Frankfurt, right? That's
0: a, uh, <laughs> that's fighting exactly Brandon Jones, right. Frankfurt. That's exactly uh, Frankfurt right. hot
3: dogs there. Uh, Matt Taylor's with us, voice of the Colts tonight. The full schedule release at eight o'clock. Matt, I think a couple things jump out at. at Off the page, I guess, if you will, at this schedule, or at least the opponents that we know, it is pretty interesting in the fact that we talk about the AFC, in my opinion, in such a rare quarterback light. We haven't seen the conference like this with great players and great young quarterbacks. Yet I look at the Colts' home schedule and the eight quarterbacks that will come to Lucas Oil Stadium. And again, this is on paper, but it's kind of a nondescript group, or at least not the group I would have expected when you consider what the AFC looks like right now, compared to last year, of course, when you had Mahomes, Herbert, yeah. and Hurts all yeah. play in your own own stadium.
0: Yeah, no, that, that that jumps off the page. Another thing that jumps off the page for me is just the fact that you know, again, if you go back to last year, and I know it's not the end all be all, but the Colts they only play five games next season against playoff teams, and, and one of those teams is the, are, are the Jaguars. So you're going to play them twice. Um, another thing is the Colts, again on paper, they've got the fourth easiest schedule this year based on winning percentage of their opponents from last year, and 12 games against teams that finished under 500. So you look at that and you say, okay, well, that probably equates to a lot of 1 o'clock games considering the Colts were one of those teams that finished poorly last year, and that's probably so. Um, But I will say, too, like, I really don't think that matters. Like, I I really don't. I, I don't think... You can look at the schedule and say this is easy or this is hard because there's just so much fluctuation year to year with roster changeover and quarterbacks moving around and uh, you know different uh, coaches uh, and, and staffs you know filling out rosters. So it, it's just crazy because if you look at last year, I mean, all of these games come down to the fourth quarter. All of these games come down to one possession games. The average margin of victory in a game last year across the board in the NFL for the 2022 season was 9.7 points. So that was the league's lowest for a full season in terms of margin of victory since 1932. Okay, they set an, uh, the NFL set a single-season record for most games decided by eight or fewer points, or in other words, one score, with 156 games. And the Colts were one of those teams last year that played a bunch of – one-score games, right? They lost six games by seven points or less, including three uh, games by just one point. So it, it really is, it sounds cliche, but it's like if the Colts are much better in terms of red zone offense and red zone defense, and they're not just towards the... I mean, I think they were the last team in the NFL in terms of turnover margin, 32nd in terms of giveaway-takeaway. So, I mean, what I'm saying is if you clean up all of these little areas you know, you win a lot more games next year because all of these games are so close, and the Colts being bad in those situational football categories, they're still in game. So if they can clean up those areas, I, I think you're going to see a much better team um, because all of these games come down to the wire. They're all within seven points. That's just the parody of the NFL. So I don't put a whole lot of stock in the fact that, yeah, on paper, the Colts have an easy schedule. Well, this is the NFL. Everybody's pretty pretty darn
4: good. Matt, by the time we get to Frankfurt, I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but you know, I don't know that anybody knows, and it would be certainly unfair to expect that you would know or to ask you to illuminate if you know when Anthony Richardson's going to start. Nobody knows that. I, hell, Anthony – Chris Ballard doesn't know that. You know what I mean? But by the time we get to November, how different – a style of play do you think it is possible that we're going to see out of the Indianapolis Colts than what we were accustomed to the last couple of years and i don't mean in competitiveness i mean an actual overall style
0: mm-hmm. like schematics you know a yeah schematics.
4: because by then yeah. you, you know whatever that is that they're trying to shift towards one would assume by then they're going to be like all the immersions going to be in right i think you're i mean i think you're spot on
0: i mean in this market especially we're just used to Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and then Philip Rivers for a season and last year with with Matt Ryan. These are not the most mobile quarterbacks. I mean Andrew Luck certainly had more mobility than the other guys, but for the most part he was a pocket passer and a guy that wanted to you know take chunk plays and things like that. And I think Jim Irsay, when he spoke uh, on day three of the draft, while the draft was going on, when he said, you know, those those days might be in the rearview mirror with you know players like Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, and I, I think he's right. I think this is where the league is going, and I think, in some regards, in a, in a high regard, this is where the league already is. You know, with with guys like Anthony Richardson and Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, guys that aren't exclusively runners, but they can make a lot of things happen off schedule, out of the pocket. Um, So I I do think Anthony Richardson, and this is just me talking, right, no insider information at all, just my personal belief. I agree with you, Jake. I think Richardson will be the starting quarterback by the time the Colts play the Patriots in Germany. And I I think the Colts are going to hopefully be able to, allow him to survive early with a couple of NFL concepts where he can thrive and think fast and deliver the football on time but he's going to have to survive early on the trait that has gotten him here and that's his athleticism and that's his dynamic playmaking ability and we'll see kind of where he's at in that progression towards the middle of November but I, I do think that you're going to see him um, you know getting cheers from from the the Frankfurt you know fandom if you will uh when he's out there as a the starting quarterback for the colts by that point i'm i just have a gut feeling that he'll he'll be the qb1 for this team
3: okay matt taylor's with us voice of the colts matt a couple of um maybe non some non-real headline grabbers here to finish uh what do you know about the butler kid on the roster
0: yeah, Ty- Tyler Adams, interesting guy. Did some digging on him over the weekend. Transferred from Harvard, uh, started at Harvard, then took a year off to get his academics in order. That was 2019. Then in 2020, COVID hit. Ivy League didn't play, so he he basically went two full years without playing football. Came back in 2021 at Harvard and tore his ACL twice in the same year. Um, Tried to get that Ivy League fifth year of eligibility extension. That's that's a really rare thing for the Ivy League to do for athletes. Uh, Even two ACL tears in the same season or the same calendar year wasn't going to do it. So he wanted to continue. to play football, wanted to have this outside chance of uh, living out his NFL journey, and so Transferred to Butler. Butler took a chance on him. They had a first-year head coach last year. They needed veteran players. So that marriage was perfect for him. Had a really good year at Butler. Um, went back to Harvard. Uh, participated in their pro day. Blew it out of the water at their pro day. Uh, that's when he started to get on the radar of some of these NFL teams. Got invited to the Colts um, Pro Day, uh, local Pro Day, back in early April, and impressed there, got an invite to the Colts' tryout rookie minicamp, and and really impressed last weekend, uh, you know, catching passes from Anthony Richardson, and here he is as an undrafted free agent for the Colts. Now, even with that, right, nothing's promised, nothing's guaranteed, still has to make the roster, it's going to be tough to make the roster at the wide receiver position, but really, really interesting guy, smart guy, obviously, starting at Harvard, then going to Butler because you have to meet both academic standards to play football at both of those places. Um, So really interesting story. And uh, Rodney Thomas actually yesterday said that he he did play one year against him at Yale when that Yale-Harvard matchup back in 2018. Um, So kind of that under-the-radar guy or maybe that uh, undrafted free agent, Diamond in the Rough, to keep an eye out for as the Colts start OTAs and progress into minicamp later on this summer.
3: So we're up against it, but uh, I can't ask you about the next one, but when they hired a guy yesterday who on his resume said he was an advanced statistic analyst for the Duke wrestling team back in 2019... I was very interested. So maybe next time we can talk yeah. more about the new game manager, Charlie Gelman on staff. Yes. Just say smart. Just a smart yeah. guy. smart right? dude. Yeah, the big yep. data bowl uh, award was also <laughs> on his resume. I uh, enjoy the schedule, release, and I appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, my pleasure, Guy. Anytime. That is Matt Taylor on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Yes, a game manager. If we have any time, we'll talk more about that hire the Colts made here. Uh, to round out the show one final time.
2: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: Uh, Bernard Ryman going to join us on the show tomorrow, 8.30. Uh, really looking forward to having him on again. This great personality and boy, that, uh, that smile he had was ear-to-ear yesterday and talking about what it means to play in Germany coming up, so uh, we'll have him on at 8.30. Mentioned this with Matt Taylor just before uh, the break there. So the Colts hired a guy, Jake, by the name of Charlie Gelman yesterday. Okay? Um, Charlie Gelman has been at the Ravens since 2019. He was an advanced statistic analyst for the Duke wrestling team before that. A lot
4: of, a lot of wrestling stats you go over with that?
3: Uh, honorable mention at the Big Data Bowl. I'm not too familiar with the big data bowl for writing an article about press coverage and the proper techniques to the, use in the press big coverage.
4: beta with a B
3: or uh, data? Data with, with, okay. with a D. Okay. Uh, lastly, and I think this is very similar to when you were announced yesterday, uh, graduated cum laude from Duke with a degree in statistical science and a minor in computer science. Uh, I, I had to
4: take one section of stats, if it weren't for my math tutor, this hat wouldn't be sitting right next to me. I can tell you that. So kudos to that. How that translates into helping an NFL team, I have no idea.
3: So his title's game manager. I feel like that's a slap in the face at Chad Pennington and all other game managers. That's right. Uh, Do you think this is the guy that'll be like in the ear of Shane Steichen? Hey, challenge this play. Hey, go for it here. Hey, it's a green green. Hey, it's a yellow yellow. I'm the
4: wrong guy to ask Kevin because I'm a big believer in what, and I know that there are probably a million mountains of evidence to say otherwise. But and I, I understand the cybermetrics and the statistics and the analysis and all that. I, I get the place for all of that, but I also think there becomes a danger in starting to overthink everything, and just sometimes you just go with your gut, and you say, let's go with this, let's go with what works, instead of well, like the those little you know. chance of winning this game. Uh, Okay. I mean.
3: I feel like one of us asked Shane Steichen that question, just how much are you into analytics when we had him on, and he didn't seem like he was like, I am. It's gospel to me. Whatever the book says, I'll do. He said, you know, kind of gut feel with that.
5: Happy birthday, Shane Steichen, by the way. 38. I did see that.
3: Schedule release coming today for the Colts. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Again, Bernard Ryman, 830 tomorrow morning.